Tonight, we're talking about one of the worst tragedies and arguably one of the worst species to ever befall the expanding universe, Star Wars Galaxy. I find your lack of faith disturbing. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another Wizard episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Drew. And tonight is another installment of the EU with Andrew series. And I am pleased, pleased to announce that this topic was chosen by none other than the EU's greatest enemy himself. The man who always says it doesn't matter, Jeremiah. I like that you said that. What I've heard of this topic tonight is something that's always intrigued me. So yeah, I think it's a cool story. And so I want to know more about it. So. Yeah, it was actually funny. He was like, yeah, so we were, we were planning our episodes. And he was like, so yeah, we're going to do you with Andrew this night. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is cool. And then like right away, he was like, hey, can you talk about the Yuzan Vong? And I was like, yeah, sure. If All if right. Jeremiah wants to do it, then you know I'm going to be here for that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we're talking about the Yuzan Vong tonight. Awesome. So get get pumped for that. Uh, I it's funny, I learned a lot about them today. Um, I've never actually read the books. Really? No, because it's like a hold on. I'm going to actually look this up. To, so we need to our fact maybe, checkers in the chat to really. Uh, I mean, there's 17 people in the chat right now. They're kind of popping off. So yeah, Ooh. y'all been so missing us. So the reason, the reason why, uh, the reason why I haven't read them is because it ha- the whole story happens over a, a whole series of books, and I'm not talking like this is like a trilogy. No, there are. Gosh, uh, how many of them? 19 novels. What the heck? What the yeah. Junk? So it's it's called the New Jedi Order series. I didn't remember the exact numbers. I had to look it up, but it's called the New Jedi Order series, and it's literally nineteen like young adult I, I, novels. Like you have like eighteen slides, don't you? So like it's like one book per slide. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> There's a lot of summarizing going on. Uh, so that's the reason why I haven't read them. Uh, but I learned a lot about them uh, just from like watching star wars eu lore videos and stuff like that and then the uh i have somewhere over there in the bookshelf the uh officials official readers companion written by pablo hidalgo um and obviously they give a summary of every book like they go through every book in the expanded universe at that time and give a summary and like the locations they visit and stuff like that uh and sometimes i find myself just reading through that for fun Awesome. Because it's really interesting. So uh, if you know anyone that has the whole set, 
of those books and wants give them a high five. To, oh, what? It's supposed to give me a Christmas present. Oh, let me know. We can we can talk. Would you actually read all those? Yeah, you have that much time. No, I mean it would take me like oh like <laughs> bro, you're like it would take me like, like six months to read that. <laughs> like I read. That's pretty good. I that, six months is not that I, long. I'll read about an hour, if not an hour and a half, a night. If I've yeah. got a good book. If you're not playing video games. Well, yeah, I was going to say KOTOR took that time for a few weeks. So, but now I'm reading the Thrawn book. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, so that's what we're talking about. Uh, man, the, the chat is, <laughs> the chat's popping off tonight. Apparently I have a bad nicotine habit, which is not true. Yep. Yes. Uh, who has the best beard? Ewan McGregor, that's true. Ewan McGregor, they. I think Ethan was asking out of us, but then oh, Daddy Palps was like Ewan McGregor, and no one's arguing. So yeah. let's go with that. Uh, Andrew <laughs> Andrew's beard wins for the color. Thank you to View Twist. I don't know how the red okay. happened. I don't. I like no one in my immediate family has red hair, but it's a thing. So that's cool. It's, it's a uh, that hilt LED lightsaber looks so sick. Yeah, don't talk about my lightsaber <laughs> in the background. Uh, welcome to another civilized episode of Empire Radio. LOL. Uh, you can get all 19 on Amazon for 220. That is a lot of money when I could get the Black Series Darksaber for 275. Weird flex. Don't do, do the Black Wait, you Black Series? Or did you just, oh, yes, get the Black Series? What? I don't. The dark saber. The dark saber, which just dropped, like Black Series a few days ago. Yeah. Speaking of Hasbro, did you see (laughs) the announcement today? No. No. Andrew. No. They pulled the Rancor. It's not getting made. They didn't fund it. It didn't get funded. No, sad. I I was really sad about it. How short were they? Well, Rancors are pretty tall. That's not what I meant. You're welcome. Uh, I think they're short. No, DeView Twist, Andrew did not have a baby. No, what? Also, speaking of, Ethan says, I'm a ginger, maybe Andrew is actually my dad. No. Ooh. I, it, that is not nope. the thing. All right, we're going on Mori, Empire style. Let's go. <laughs> we're going on Tarkin, the Tarkin show. The <laughs> Tarkin show. <laughs> All right, but we should we should. So, yeah, so Hasbro did not fund... Rancor for actually real Star Wars news. So if you were sad, I got a refund today. I was really sad. Oh, you backed it? That was the first backing I've ever done. Oh, wow. And I was really depressed. But yeah. Uh, I actually forgot that they they did uh, bring home the bounty today. Again, they did they another did. announcement. Yeah. Was there anything good in that? I'm looking at it right now, but the images won't load. So, Well, I did post in our... Instagram, go check that out. If you guys don't know, we have an Instagram. Go check that out. But they they're doing a fungal pop of the first episode of Visions, the duel, and it's a black and white fungal pop. No, it's super sick with a red saber. Stop. It's super sick. Are you serious? I, I tagged you in it, Andrew, on Instagram. I was Bro, like, I haven't I haven't looked at I Instagram. I do not want to buy today. Funko Pops. LOL. Because now I'm gonna have to buy that. Oh, and then, stop. Yeah, and then they're also doing. I think the twins, some anime figurine people are making those. Does it have figures. the California saber? I hope uh, so. Not that I saw, but I'm kind of disappointed. 
And then they announced that that's it, like do... a, that's an accessory you have to buy. The lightsaber blade, yeah, yes, like, it comes in its own yeah, packaging, and it's like a three feet long yeah, to scale, it's like yeah. a normal size lightsaber. Yeah. Um, and then there's this Boba Fett I have. You guys can't see if you're listening, but um, it's like the Boba Fett with all the accessories. They're doing the same thing with the Boba Fett from the show. Hasbro Sweet. is dropping that Black Series. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. All right, I'm still holding out um, for the you last week. Funkles. Um, I'm holding out for the last week because I really hope that the little emblem that they have includes a Stellan Geos Black Tree Saber, and if it does, mark my words, I'm going to buy it. Okay, I'm gonna pre-order it here first. So it here first. Boba Fett. Wow, we got Boba Fett's popping off in the chat. Anyways, all right. It's uh, it's the season that keeps on giving, aka Christmas yes. season, and that yes. also means a new uh, set of giveaways slash contests from Cufflinks.com, and we are here before we get into the E with Andrew segment to talk about the winner for last week's giveaway. So Jeremiah, this one was pretty yep. much all about you. It was close to my heart. It was close to your heart. So I'm gonna hand it over to you. Take us on an emotional journey. All right. So the prompt was. In 10 sentences or less, rewrite the first half of A New Hope so it's not trash. And this is a lot of, this is our biggest uh, participation because we had the most amount of people, like basically as many as people that uh, tried for the first three, like probably was the same as what for just a single one. So we had a lot of entries. So what is that, like four? No, I think you should that, a, that's an insult to your company right now so don't even <laughs> what but i i had like about 15 submissions i think or something like that oh uh, that's almost as many people are in the chat but there's more so it's going crazy we had a lot of submissions and uh there's some really good ones i i like every every person submitted something like at least one part that they changed i thought it was a good change or like i liked was interesting or whatever there were some standout ones um Two two uh, submissions mentioned Elvis, so that was interesting. Wait, what? So really? wait, wait, what wait, wait, wait. Like, are you? Okay, t- I'll, hold on, I'll, I'll explain. Let me explain it first. First and foremost, Drew and I have not. Jeremiah judged this. Yeah, true. we have no idea what's happening. Like, I don't know what the the. I winners... read one because Jeremiah made me, but yeah. Oh, so you mean to tell me? Okay, I can. It makes sense if I tell you why there's two okay. submissions with Elvis. So I believe it was uh, Izzy from the Discord. Was inquiring, was inquiring about the, the contest. And I was like, you know, you can be serious. You can make it however you want. Like, if you want the Avengers to show up or Elvis show up, you can go right ahead. And so after that happened, two people submitted one with Elvis. So yeah. Izzy, I think and Izzy's he, submission was Elvis played the role of Uncle Owen. Both people are in the chat right now. And then I think it might have been Will's was... Yeah, Will, Will, yeah, Will. Uh, uh, when R two D two went to go play Leia's message, he accidentally played an Elvis. Oh, that would have been awesome, <laughs> dude! That's bro. That's like Lego Star Wars <laughs> level stuff right there. Shoot, wrong video. So, so that, that was a pretty fun. Um, there were multiple that uh, tied in Scarif more, and the second place oh. winner or the person who took second place. Had the best implementation of um, 
Scarif, where the entire fleet, like when they escaped Scarif, they yeah. all jumped to Tatooine and they were all there. And how I pictured it was kind of like when uh, the the Star Destroyer that Ahsoka was on in season seven, when it came out of hyperspace, all like flaming and smoking about the crash. That's how I visual, visualize all these Scarif rebel rebel fleet coming out. And it was there, they're all there at um, uh, Tatooine. So that was uh, Matthew from Australia. He almost won, but he oh, didn't. he's in the chat right now. Is, Is he really? He? I think so. Hey, Matthew, are you well, here? Someone else said that. What's his name in the huh? Discord and stuff? Did he say that or no? Uh, I don't think so. But there was also a bunch of other ones. There's a lot of lot, lot of action added on. Um, <laughs> Leviathan. I just, I just looked down. Daddy Pop says, am I doing this right? What if uh, Babu Frick replaced Alec Guinness? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, too late! You could have, you could have won almost, but um, I believe Leviathan's her. She she straight up killed Vader like right away at the beginning of the the movie. Like Leia kills oh, him. Yeah, I read that one. That was funny. Huh. Um, but but the person who won, who I was very very impressed by, uh, was Lucy. Hey, and so congratulations. So for Lucy, she uh, I think had the most like the first half, like the story that she wrote was like a complete story, whereas most of everyone else was kind of like this thing happens, this thing happens, this thing happened. It wasn't really like a story, but I will go ahead and read her story. Um, so a new hope as told by Lucy. When Attentive 4 is attacked by the Star Destroyer, R2 and 3PO find a way through the ship that doesn't pass directly through the line of fire, which I criticize when I criticize the first half because I hate that scene. Good attention to detail. So automatically she's paying attention to what, like, I hate. How does that, Um, Jeremiah, how does that feel to have someone to pay attention to what you hate? Because me and Andrew definitely did not pay no, attention we to did that criticism. Lucy, Lucy and I, we, we get Star Wars, okay? Like oh, ever since her first, okay. her first voicemail where she talked about how like Ahsoka's the best, and like we're, we have a very oh, lot yeah. in common when it comes uh-huh. to, okay. yeah, sure. to to Star Wars. Uh-huh. So she, yeah. she, she gets it. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Come on. So, um, so they don't pass through the line of fire. Uh, R two takes a page out of Yoda's book by releasing all the escape pods. So even though the Imperials shoot down most of them, they make it to Tatooine. Mm. Owen and Beru own the Moss Eisley Katina and oh. need need to buy cocktail waiter droids. So they purchase R2 and 3PO from the Jawas. Dissatisfied with his new job, R2 runs off to find Obi-Wan and is pursued by, by Luke and 3PO. Obi-Wan saves the trio from Tusken Raiders and over a fantastic cup of Wesley Andrews coffee convinces Luke um, convinces Luke to come to him come with him to Alderaan. Meanwhile, the thought-to-be-dead bounty hunter Aura Singh follows the droid tracks to the Jawas the Jawas Sandclaw and then to the Katina where she kills Beru and Owen and waits for R2 and 3PO to return. Our protagonists are on their way back to Mos Eisley when they inspect the destroyed sand car, and then, in quotes, 
and these blast points far too accurate for Imperial stormtroopers. Only someone who knows how to use a blaster could be so precise, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Then hurry back to the, and then they hurry back to the Katina. As Obi-Wan makes a deal with Chewie and Han for a ride to Alderaan, Aura jumps out from the shadows and engages in a heated duel with the elderly Jedi. During the fight, Obi-Wan deflects a laser bolt that accidentally kills Greedo, prompting Han to fire his own blaster to credit for shooting first. <laughs> oh. um, they manage to hold off the bounty hunter long enough to escape to the Millennium Falcon, and after a brief negotiation with Jabba the Hutt, and then in quotes, Han, my boy, I will be generous and give you more time to pay off your debt if you bring me a 4XL necklace from cufflinks.com along with the money. Jabba a 4XL. Oh and then they begin their journey to Alderaan. And that's that's your story. That was all 10 <laughs> sentences? Uh, I hope so, because I didn't count. But Okay. Bro. <laughs> well, if you add like compound sentences, it's still one sentence. So it's like... Well, yeah, if you don't add a period, it's one sentence, right? If, if it's grammatically correct, two sentences com- combined by and is still one sentence. So I... Okay. He's only red flag or what? Are you- <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, so, I, yes. I thought it was, I thought it was very well written. I was very impressed. And, and honestly, that would have made the movie better for me. Honestly, no one followed the 10 sentence thing. So, oh, well, well that's apparently, why don't we even make rules? Y'all? <laughs> but yes, so I, I to really break. like, that's why rules are there to break. I really like the, the, the story of how a bounty hunter Ooh, is sent see, after them. See, you already have people in the chat saying, I did. I did follow the rules. Well, and we know that Devutus did. <laughs> yep, he definitely followed the rules. He sent a whole freaking <laughs> book report in from what Jeremiah said. <laughs> also, I'm sorry for laughing during that. Uh, it was very, first of all, Lucy, congratulations. That was very, very well written uh, and well thought out. I, I looked down and Ethan says, <laughs> Drew should... Drew should join the 501st with a slave Leia costume. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it's uh, accurate to the specs, like I they mean, can't say no, right? Uh, yeah. Speaking it's of 2021, so yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of the 501st, uh, a buddy of mine who is a uh, music pastor down in Florida texted me today. Drew, it's Aaron Houston. Oh, shout out to Aaron. I didn't know that he was in Florida. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's down there uh, at a church, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're having a funeral today, and oh. I'm pretty sure three people are coming dressed up as stormtroopers." And I was like, "Wait, it's what?" Fire. And I was like, "Oh, it's probably the five of first because they, you know, they do stuff like that. They do funerals and charity work and stuff like that." Um, and uh, come to find out, it was he sent me a picture, and like it was a sand trooper, a stormtrooper, and a tie pilot. And it was arguably because I think the unfortunately the guy who died, uh, he was a part of the five of first. They had like a little Star Wars oh. thing set up for him. It was actually really sweet. It had some lightsabers. Dude. And when stuff. I die, when I go out, I want people wearing stormtrooper outfits and carry me. That'd be dope. That would be really I don't cool. Know. I will say that sand trooper was the best sand trooper really? armor set I have ever seen. In a picture. You saw pictures of those? Yeah, he sent me a picture. He took a picture you of the three of them in a hallway. In. Bro, yeah. it was... Dude, the Sand Trooper... I don't know who that is. If you're listening, Sand Trooper guy, you were at that funeral today, well done. That was fantastic. Anyways. 
All right, so Jeremiah, People you've announced the, the winner. saying that they'll do it for me. Thank you. That's all I wanted in my life. Ethan <sighs> says for Drew's funeral, I'll wear the slave outfit. Perfect. Uh, let's, well, we're, deal. Let's, let's not do that. Anyways, um, <laughs> so Lucy, congratulations. We'll be in touch. Uh, Jeremiah, you still yeah. have the floor. Let's talk about this next giveaway. All right, so. Well, what did she if, win, first of all? Oh, it was a New Hope necklace. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah, and you have it right next to you. Oh, wow. (laughs) But yes, so if you follow us on YouTube, which you should, and if you haven't, subscribe. Uh, We posted, yes, this morning, uh, an unboxing video of Cufflinks.com's Star Wars Mystery Box, which is a box of random Star Wars products that they have. And so... We got two of those, so we did one for us to open up to do the video for. But the final giveaway is a mystery box. So we don't know what's in it. Your very own mystery to unbox. But it is a $200 or more value. $200 or more, y'all. Yes. So um, Sounds like socks. $200 with a socks. You can't go wrong with $200 with a socks. Those are nice socks. Because socks are expensive. Like, you get one pack of socks from whatever. It's like 30 bucks already. So, but yes, so we're giving away a mystery box and um, we have another challenge or contest. And this is going to be a voicemail uh, contest. And so, if you're not familiar, this is a great game called Super Fight. I don't know if you guys can see it, but um, it is a great. A uh, great uh, game to have in a group where you can argue and debate. And so the premise of the game is you draw each player, which is this 1v1, draw um, a, three character cards and three trait cards. And then you anonymously just kind of, or on your own without sharing, you pick a character card and a trait card that you want. And then you randomly draw from the deck another trait card and you have to keep that one. And so a character card with two trait cards and the object of the game is to have the best argument why your character would win in a fight. And so the two people will debate, and then everyone listening, they vote for who had the best argument. So, By the way, um, this is not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But, but, but if you want to make a Star Wars deck, because they have all kinds, they have like an anime deck, they have like a DC deck, I think Marvel they have a Marvel deck. one, yeah. And so if they do, I don't know if they have a Star Wars one, but if you do, send it to us, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll endorse that. And I send someone to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Daddy Palps. That was that uh, hit my my Yu-Gi-Oh funny bone. Thank you. But yes, so um, if you're in the Discord, you uh, saw that I put a poll. I put uh, some ten random Star Wars characters to vote on. And I was just like, just pick a character, just vote. And so I took the top two vote voted characters, and those are the characters that uh, are going to get some traits. And so the number one voted by like. A million to one was Hondo, who I gave to Andrew. And so I I drew three trait cards from the deck. And so the three that I drew was that Hondo is armed with a rocket launcher. That's the first one. Yep. Uh, Or he is in a berserker rage. Or three, can stop time while holding his breath. So I said, Andrew, this is your character. Pick one trait card. And Andrew, what did you pick? Stop time when uh, he holds his breath. 
All right. And so then Drew's character, second, the, the second most votes was R2-D2. <laughs> and the options I gave Drew were oh, great. armed with dynamite, Okay, has a sonic scream, or can become any animal. And Drew, any animal, and that's not what you said. Oh, that's oh, not what not? you told me. You, ch- you changed your answer. Oh, <laughs> stop, Drew. You no, can't that, that that's why I t- I had you guys tell me anonymously that beforehand, so you couldn't change your answer. So what, he picked what, what armed he with dynamite. Okay, I did. All right, so so okay, so we got Hondo, who can, can stop time when he holds his breath. Yes, versus R two D two with dynamite. Yes, but now I gotta draw a random trait card, which are the, the dark ones here. So, all right, I'm gonna, hit and us. you're stuck with it. This hit could us. be really good or it could be really bad. Hit so, me. for Hondo, hit me. Ooh, this is not that bad. Hey, hit me. Throws knives. <laughs> he, that is 100% in character with him, too. Yes. True. All right, and so R2D2's next character or trait is he sprays neurotoxin. Oh, gosh. Okay. That kind of falls in line with R2 too. He has he has He did oil at one point. He has dynamite and he sprays neurotoxin. But I can Okay, yeah. All right. So, I'm not here to debate. Have, I'm not here to debate. All right. People so, what are saying Andrew? And Andrew usually Andrew, what Andrew. I like to do when I play the game is kind of put some parameters just so people can actually like have an argument. So, when I sit, when Hondo holds his breath, like it's not indefinite. Like when he holds his breath, time doesn't always stop for himself. Like he's when he holds his breath, it's as if he's holding his breath in real time, so he can only hold it for, you know, like his thirty seconds, thirty or... seconds at a time or whatever. But also, you know, if he's running around getting chased by uh, R two, he's gonna be it's gonna be harder for him to hold his breath. So, you know, he could be only be able to hold his breath for a few seconds, and he has to take a breath or something like that. So. True, because uh, I can throw neurotoxin out, and then he's holding his breath. Time is stopping, but then as soon as he lets up, he has to suck all right. it in. But yes, so then R2-D2 has, was it, uh, armed with dynamite. So I don't really think there's any parameters. Maybe do we want to say like he has like three sticks of dynamite? Oh, don't cut me or, short. Or are we going to say an infinite amount? Because that's not fair. I'm going to say three sticks because he doesn't have a lot of place to hold all that stuff. So we're going to say three sticks of dynamite and sprays neurotoxin. You know, that could be something that could be used multiple times also just because it's a gas. So, but yeah, so we have to determine now, do we want people to uh, send in a voicemail arguing who they think would win? Or do we want to determine an underdog here and then have them argue why they think the underdog would win. Because we tried to figure out how to do this because it's obvious this game is two people arguing against each other and then we have to vote who has the best argument, but obviously this is not like that. So we have to kind of make it change the rules of the game a little bit. I think it's pretty pretty even maybe. I'd like for people, I'd like to hear who people think would win. I kind of want to figure out who picked the underdog. Oh, now it's all on me to vote on... I will say uh, Quays. Granted, based off the chat, everyone's saying Andrew already, so maybe that's why. So Weequays actually, uh, this is from Wait, Star Wars.com. Is Hondo a Weequay? Yeah. 
You sure? Yes. You didn't know that? He doesn't, but he has the spikes on his chin, though. Yeah. Like, uh, weak ways don't have piercings. He's he's definitely a weak way. Uh, I'm going to look him up right now. This okay. This article is literally called. 10 things or much to learn you still have eight things you might not know about weak ways hondo is the cover picture and then one of the points is fun fact hondo had a girlfriend oh. i didn't i didn't realize how is he a weak way like, he's, I he's, a, he's always a weak way like, but with those he just has a different face everyone's like how did you not know that I gotta look at more pictures of weak ways, but anyway, all right. Well, they have really tough skin, and they're technically blaster resistant, but not bomb resistant. No, that's true. <laughs> so, so what are we gonna, we're gonna blaster? So, the chat is the chat saying Hondo is like gonna lose or win? Yes, gonna win. So R two would be the. I don't know. This is hard because when we were planning this like months ago, right? Okay, well, let's do this, and then like this weekend, I'm like. Crap, how are we actually going to do this? Well, so, I mean, I will tell you, I've got three, if not four people that have already said that I was going to win. Exactly. So, so let's pick the underdog. Yeah, let's do that. All right, underdog. So we're going to say that R2-D2, armed with dynamite, and can spray neurotoxin, is the underdog in a fight against Hondo who can stop time while holding his breath and also throws knives. So the task to win the mystery box is to argue through a voicemail uh, why R2-D2 would win this fight. And whoever has the best argument... Now, you can't just say, oh, because he's going to spray neurotoxin and Hondo's going to die. Like, Make it like a battle. Make it a fight where you have to actually deal with Hondo's attacks and his... Uh, schemes and you know sure. admit you know our two d2s you know faults like maybe like because he can't do this he has to do this instead or something like that so be creative don't make it just like oh because our two d2 always wins he is blah 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 and hondo always fails like don't do that like that's lame but uh so and yes. because this is a voicemail you can add sound effects that could give you more Ooh. points Ooh. Ooh. i mean like, i'm really we're really looking really for the most entertaining one Correct. Yes. And the most creative. So, I mean, we know that somehow this microphone talks by one of you guys. So, like, we know that the potential is out there for you guys to do sound effects, voiceovers, and all that stuff. So, that's not going to hurt your cause. And this is for a 200 value of a mystery box. So, it's it's our big, big prize here. So, you, you it's worth putting some more effort into it. That's all yes. I'm saying. But remember, send the voicemail, but you also have to send an email to us. So we can actually contact you if you win. So empireradiofans at gmail.com. You have to send a voicemail and an email. And so this now, is... No, Jeremiah, can they work with other people in our Discord? Can they, like, team up? That'd be well, nice. we can't split up the prize. Right. Only oh, one person is going to win. Yeah. So who... That's fair. Right. <laughs> But people yes, are just like tagging other people in there. I'm like, are they going to work together for this or? What? No. So, so this today, right now, as we're recording, it is Tuesday, December seventh. Uh, it is currently live right now. If you're in the live stream, you can send your voicemail right now, an email right now, if you want. But the competition, the contest will end next Monday, the thirteenth, 
at 11.59 and 59 seconds Eastern Standard Time. Correct. Also, one more thing. So I did see a few people asking if R2 has his whole setup that he would normally use. No. Ooh, huh? No? No. no it's, what do you mean no? What do you mean? It's you know, R2-D2. It's not a... a how is that fair? Because it's R2-D2. Because it's not, it's not just R2-D2 with dynamite and neurotoxins. It's R2-D2 with a taser stick and his rocket yeah, boosters and his that, oil slick. Dude, that's, who, the- that's, that's who R2-D2 is. So you're saying Hondo doesn't have any clothes on because so, Hondo has clothes on. He has in the clothes, shows, but, but his clothes don't allow him to fly or tase people. Okay, I'm, so you're that, saying, okay. are you submitting but, that R2 will win? Because then we can swap it around. R2-D2 as he is in the TV shows and movies. That's who he is. That's who he is. So like, okay. if I say Mike Tyson shows up in a fight, He's helping he's to like, create case true. Yeah. Like you gotta have you can't say, oh, but he's too he's buff. Like that's not fair. He has big muscle. Like he took all the drugs. That's not yeah, fair. but it's like oh, Mike Tyson versus them. the Terminator. Yeah, and the Terminator is super OP and has well, like if you're, is a robot and like Andrew, are you saying not, that you would lose? If you submit that you would lose to me, we can say how would you Hondo win against R2 then? I mean, I, I think now that I realize that R2 has his whole utility belt at his disposal, like, because all Hondo has is throwing knives and time stopping. And his attitude. okay, And his charm. And his charm. <laughs> okay, do we want to say he, he has his goons helping him? Like, but that's no. not. No, that's, oh, oh, that's no. way too OP. Because <laughs> that's not Hondo. Because that's not part of who he is. But so we can't say that. But so okay, you submit, then we can swap. We already it. determined R two D two is oh. the underdog here. <laughs> Andrew's face. All right. <laughs> this is why you have to lay out ground rules before you start your arguments because there's always these disagreements. Like there was one time when we played, it was the character card was the Men in Black. Well, is that like the All organization, the or is yeah. that like two of them? Two like Will Smith and what's his face? But poor just, guy. But He's we already determined be, that R2-D2 That guy is, is always going to be Will Smith and what's-his-face. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. That's that's the competition. That's not right, but all right. That's fine. <laughs> it's going to be freaking easy now. Why? Because R2-D2 has all of his gadgets. Yeah, but then Hondo can just hold his breath, Hondo and then, then it doesn't matter. But Weequays can't hold their breath forever. Okay, but... But R2-D2 could, hold, hey, could, could be flying it, at him. He could hold his breath, throw the fall. knife, take a step across, over right. over here, and then all right. all a knife right. hits him right in his red eyeball and kill him. R2 like, can open an air duct. If it was R2 versus Echo, Echo would be the underdog. I'll tell you that right now. But Not at unlocking doors. Because yeah, the unlocking door, door unlocking. Yeah. I think R two D two could open way more doors. And that sounds like time. a better one v one, but not with as much style. Faster. True. All, All right. Well, he said, "Do you mean Oscar-winning actor Tommy Lee Jones?" Yeah, Tommy yes. Lee Jones. What's his name? Come what's on, name? yeah. What's what's his face? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the same person. All right, that's that's the competition. Those are the rules. It's been determined. It's controversial. Get the game. It's a great game. Super fight Not tennis a sponsor. money. 
Send us but if you want to sponsor us, we're here for you. All right, Yuzong Vong, let's go. Wow. <laughs> Only 45 minutes into this episode. Wow. Let's go. Only 35 minutes. Oh, well. Actually, it's 36. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Yuzong Vong. All right. You with Andrew time. You with Andrew time. <laughs> wow, you're on a roll today. Or... All time, you're just on a roll roll every day. You're cranking out the hits, Drew. All right, as usual, make sure you timestamp that, please. And yeah, of course. Uh, So, as usual, we have a nice presentation that I finished way too close to the recording of this episode (laughs) because I had a busy day. But we're here and we're living it now. So, we're going to talk about the use on Vong. Learned a lot today. And I hope all of you learn a lot too. Uh, so let's start by talking about uh, their biology and their culture, because both of these things are very important in the overall discussion of the role that they had in the galaxy later on in the expanding universe. Uh, so, first and foremost, the Yuzon Vong were a humanoid species that. Uh, weirdly shared some characteristics with the humans that were found in the galaxy, uh, even though they were an extragalactic race. So they were from outside the galaxy, the the known Star Wars galaxy. Um, and I'm not talking just the unknown reason, regions where, you know, the Chiss Ascendancy is and all this stuff. Like they were, I mean, c- a completely there, different there. universe almost, you know. Uh, so they were extra galactic. Were they in America, maybe? Uh, I've seen some some stuff that kind of looks like them here. Or Middle Earth. You got a you got a Walmart like on orcs. a on a Friday night. You never know what's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Anyways, <laughs> so it was it was very strange that they were humanoid because, for what we know, humans did not exist outside of the Star Wars galaxy. Um, at least in the fandom realm that is Star Wars, it's possible. But they, is there was this technically still in the galaxy then. Okay, so during the history that we're gonna cover, there's actually not really a known timestamp for it, but it does take place millennia, a few millennia before the events of part of the old Republic and the prequels that time period. So maybe, uh, but Would it is, you consider it, this, uh, this, sorry, I can't talk right now. Would you consider <laughs> Theron a humanoid? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Humanoid covers any, any like bipedal, you know, opposable thumbs, somewhat normal hands and feet, like, their facial features resemble humans to a certain extent. They have teeth. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is why these were. It was strange because there was uh, there was a point that I read that was like it is believed that they could be an offshoot of humans from like centuries and centuries and centuries before the event. So, anyways, so they're humanoid. Uh, they had a longer lifespan than humans. Were larger in build than humans and had a goblin-like appearance. Uh, distinct features include blue eye sacs that expand or contracted to display their mood uh, in and or kind of around the eye area. 
and a nervous system highly conductive to feeling pain. Uh, that will come into play later, and they were completely outside the force. Completely removed from it. So, Meaning what? They... Huh? They can't use it? Is that what that means? They do not exist in the force. No. So you're not going to get a broom kid where they're from? Uh, y- yes and no. But for for par- most of this discussion, no. So like, you know, the force is like that energy field that binds everything together and everybody's a part of it and stuff like that. They're like off somewhere else. Like they are not part of the force. So Just- then question, yes. if one of them were to be born within the galaxy would that born child stretch the force be part of the force then because they're so we're going to talk about this in their history but it's not necessarily proximity to force sensitive beings we'll we'll talk about it that's a good question, oh, yeah. but we'll we'll talk about it um, because right. there is there is a pretty interesting point in their history that actually addresses this. Uh, so, but it's the first like being in Star Wars that's like completely separate. Like we're not talking Luke closed himself off. It's like they are completely ripped out, like a completely you know different thing. Uh, so, super interesting fact there. Uh, the Yuuzhan Vong had a dichotomous culture. On one hand, they revered life to the highest level. Uh, every living thing was included in this, and they deeply hated machines. Uh, on the other hand, they were strict, honor-bound, and savage race, similar to, uh, but far more intense than the Mandalorians. Their culture revolved around pain, sacrifice, and their gods. They glorified pain as a way of living, because they held the belief that just as their gods sacrificed their bodies to form their own galaxy, they were to sacrifice parts of their bodies for a greater purpose. This led the Yuuzhan Vong to replace uh, parts of their bodies with those of other races that improved their physical condition. The cer- if the ceremony failed, for example, the body part was rejected by the Yuuzhan Vong's body, uh, and, the, and the Yuuzhan Vong didn't die, during that part of that process, it was either killed or labeled as a shamed one. Uh, so this is speaking of the, the Yuuzhan Vong culture uh, after the history that we'll cover. So this is like the modern, like invading the galaxy Yuuzhan Vong, because there is a difference, but they were, they were crazy. Like they glorified pain. They lived to be in pain um, and they mutilated their bodies. Uh, it's kind of like when you had a bionicle back in the day and you just like snap different bionicle pieces together. That's kind of what they did. Um, and so that's bionicle why... saved Lego. That's true, yeah. Um, that's why they all have somewhat of a similar look, but then all of them, if you look into the details, like especially the artwork and stuff, they're all kind of different too um, because a lot of times... Uh, like successfully swapping out a body part or something like that. Um, so it's like a, a transplant type thing, or it is, is it like so? Yeah. It wasn't. It's I didn't like, get the sense in the research that I did that it was like an arm, like a whole arm. Oh, but it would be like, like it would be like organs or different, you know, like sensory organs and stuff like that. And they never did it 
So here's a big distinguishing factor. They never did it with a part of a race that would make them less than what they were. It was always improvement. So because that was that was a part improvement of improvement and racism. Nice. Oh, it, it gets worse. It gets worse on that front. Uh, so yeah, if if for some reason any part of that failed and they survived, they would either be killed, they would just kill them on the spot, or they would be labeled what they call a shamed one, which you did not recover from that. You were a shamed one no matter what you did for the rest of your life. I just I just got the picture of like some Yuzong Vong that was like a weird guy and like he thought Wookiee hair was cool, so he got like Gosh. covered himself in Wookiee hair. To be fair, and he, he he comes out like, "Hey guys, look at me!" And like everyone looks at him like, "Terrible." No. <laughs> to be to be fair, uh, <laughs> different galaxy altogether. But that would be funny. We are going to talk about Chewbacca <clears throat> a little bit during this. Oh, well, get a little uh, choked up. Does he die? We'll Fighting? talk about it later. Uh oh. Okay, so. Uh, let's continue talking about the culture. The Yuzan Vong viewed death as a release from their life of suffering, and thus they would often fight to the death or would resort to killing themselves to preserve their honor. Hmm. Uh, this is so depressing. <laughs> si- similar, in a similar vein um, to medieval Japan-ish, kind of. That's what kind I was of, thinking. That kind, of a, that kind of a deal. Um, but... They there was even a point uh, where they were talking about how like when they did invade the galaxy, s- like scientists c- hardly ever could even get on their ships because a lot of times if like the ship was doomed to fail, they would they would just blow it up, or like they would literally fight until everyone was dead. Uh, there's like a huge undercurrent of honor and honor in death and honor in pain and suffering in their culture. So like. They suicide is like whatever, right? But but even before that, and they battle. would literally fight tooth and nail to the last breath, which is one of the things that really made them dangerous. Um, because they didn't, you know, pain, pain is the is one of the greatest motivators in keeping people from not going that far, you know, in a regular fight. And so for them to just completely disregard like regard that like. It makes them really. They dangerous. remind me of orcs. Yeah, 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 yeah. The they way do. they look, what you're describing, is very similar to like what an orc would do. Like, they're so much. They smarter, don't give though. a frick at all. They they're so much smarter. Oh, okay. I mean, are you talking about like Lord of the Rings orcs? Of course. What yeah. Are orcs? Yeah. We're not Way playing D and D here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so Tanner already uh, left the chat because he's probably playing D and D. So boo. All right, so this, along with their brutal and effective combat abilities, made them a formidable foe unlike the galaxy had ever seen. At their core, they were warriors and reveled in fighting and conquest. The Yuzan Vong were born into a rigid and dangerous caste system. The system was broken up as follows. So at the very top was Supreme Overlord. Uh, The Supreme Overlord, super original there. Uh, had control over all the other casts and had direct communicate and quote direct communication with their supreme god. So they had a supreme god and then a bunch of lesser deities. Um, there's actually a whole subsection on Wikipedia directly for 
their religious breakdown of like their God system and stuff like that, which I did not include in this, but uh, the Supreme Overlord apparently had a direct communication with the Supreme God. Directly under that was what uh, what is called Shapers, which if you're watching the video or catching the stream, uh, that beautiful looking uh, blue Yuzan uh, Vong there, that is a Shaper. <laughs> I put that in there just, just so people could get a sense for what they look like. Uh, they were scientists who supervised the biotechnology of the Yuzan Vong and worked hand-in-hand with priests. Shapers had tendril headdresses connected to their nervous systems and shaper hands, which contained their tools. Uh, they handled the body altercation rituals as well. So they had like custom, like everyone's was different, but they had tools embedded in, in their, their fingers. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Kind of Edward Scissorhands yeah. meets Freddy Krueger meets like a normal doctor meets on, wolverine yeah it's kind of it's really strange uh underneath shapers were priests uh, question who's yes. the the white kid in that picture that like... is i'm pretty <laughs> sure that's anakin solo or jason solo i don't remember oh. it's one of the solo okay. boys i was like why is it just random because it, it's from the artwork from one of the books right yeah it kind of also it. looks like andrew <laughs> it's, it's just because hey. he's a white kid with pretty good hair is that what you're saying? Oh, weird yeah. flex, but oh, okay. That's a weird flex that you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so throw that shade at me, jeez. <laughs> yeah, baldy. <laughs> yeah, you're, but you're smooth. I'm not smooth. That's fair. I can never be. One smooth. day you will be. No, stop. I don't want to be smooth. <laughs> wow. I, okay. This is. <laughs> yeah, no, you're so cool. You're smooth, but I don't. Yeah, I don't, well, don't want to do listen, that. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I need to set the record straight. This has nothing to do with being bald. This has everything to do with how bad I look bald. Do you know that? Yeah. Oh, I did a. I did a filter once. That's not the same. That's not I, the same. I. I it scared me enough that I'm never trying it. So. Anyways, well, sometimes people don't have choices. That's true. That's true. I'm one of those people. So. Hey, look, if it happens, I'll embrace it. True. Just, but until then, you're going to have your hauser here. Uh, yes. Until then, you're going to flex on all of us. Okay. No. <laughs> Anyways, priests. So we had Supreme Overlord, <laughs> then Shaper, then directly under that, Priest. Considerably powerful within the culture, and they served the many lesser deities of the culture. Um, Warriors was the next one down. Uh, one of the largest castes uh, that served as the military branch of the Yuzan Vong society. And then underneath that, intendant in charge of matters of commerce, bureaucracy, trade, and management of slave labor. Uh, it's the smallest caste of all of them. And then you have worker at the very bottom the largest yet lowest caste served as laborers, servants, and slaves. Uh, and for those of you watching the actual presentation, I included domains. Uh, domains was not part of the caste system, but that is what they called their family systems. Um, family was a massive thing. I want to say even more so than it was in the Chiss Ascendancy. Like it's like you couldn't even, like you couldn't date. You couldn't have relationships with people outside of your domain. Like they were, it was like the Chiss Ascendancy family system on steroids. So there you go. All right. The more you know, right? Yep. 
All right, so there's a snapshot of their biology and their culture as they were as they were in the modern era when they were invading the galaxy. Let's talk about their history. I want to give a, some some context as to who they were and how they became the Yuuzhan Vong that we see in the Newton Jedi Order books. Um, so first and foremost, some people might recognize the robot, one of the robots on the screen here, if you're watching in the stream or on YouTube. Uh, but if you don't, I'll get there in a second. Um, so while they ended up, the Yuuzhan Vong, while they ended up as a nomadic slash refugee warrior race, the Yuuzhan Vong were originally from the planet Yuuzhan-Tar in another distant galaxy. The Yuuzhan Vong actually lived peaceful lives and they were connected to the Force originally. Uh, they lived in symbiosis with their living planet. So Yuzon Tar was an, an actual living organism connected to the Force, but it was a planet, kind of like uh, Ego, kind of, from Marvel, maybe, but like, I would say much less volatile. Kind of maybe more along the lines of Mortis. Yeah, kind of. yeah, 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 kind of. yeah. That's definitely a better comparison than than ego. <laughs> uh, so there. So, anyways, while they were living on this planet, their technology was largely organic, um, and uh, you know, it was all biotechnology because uh, they had this symbiotic relationship with the planet, and the planet often survived uh, supplied things that they technologies that they needed it was it was really interesting at one point they were caught in the middle of the war in the middle of a war between two droid races the Salentium and the abominor so the Salentium, if you're looking at the presentation the Salentium, they look very much almost like the war of the worlds robots like the classic war of the worlds robots um they did take many forms but that's kind of the most popular one and then the abominor I don't really know how to describe this other than like it's just like a big like truck like, robot with arms. It, it kind of looks like something you'd see in like Thomas the Train. Or something. I was going like, to say yeah, but that. Like sci-fi <laughs> Thomas the Train. But here's the thing. So I don't know if you guys know this, but there is an Abominor in the droids cartoon. Oh, we're all about Ewoks over here. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fine. I must so, have missed that episode. Well, we didn't watch that episode, <laughs> but it's it's there. It's I think it's at the end of season two. They meet an abominor, but the abominors are episode... crazy. What? What did you Is say? Season two, episode. I said the five? end. The end of season two. Oh, I thought you were gonna give us a exact. I don't remember. Statement. I don't remember what it was, but uh, we, I talked about it when we when we talked about droids, but. Um, yeah, so they uh, actually ate uh, and consumed living creatures to fuel themselves. Oh, so wait, we do, you talked about that? Yeah, they're they're kind of crazy. They don't look very they don't look very evil, but they're say, they don't look that dude. Crazy. They're freaking they're crazy. Uh, so, anyways, the Yuuzhan Vong were caught in a war between these two races, droid races, uh, to aid in freeing themselves. And to not falling in the war, the planet was said to have aided them by creating living weapons for them, which will come into play later. That's a that's an important 
part. Question. Yes. So the the droids were on Yuzantar, or they came to Yuzantar. Yes, the, and yes. The war. It was like the war was happening, and Yuzantar was basically in the middle of it. Oh, okay. And they got they just got sucked into it. Sounds good. Great question, though. Um, so yeah, the war between the Abominor and the Silentium dragged on. And the Yuzan Vong became increasingly more violent and warlike. Um, eventually, they were both able, they were able to drive both droid powers out and force them to flee their galaxy. Uh, so they they drove them out. This conflict led them to deeply hate all forms of mechanical technology and contributed to xenophobia towards other sentient life forms. Uh, they then began a crusade across their own galaxy to cleanse it from all forms of mechanical technology. Many worlds were conquered. Their people... Din what? They wanted to be like Din Djarin. He hated droids. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a little deeper than that, though. <laughs> it was a little, little more severe. Uh, so uh, many worlds were conquered. Their people either enslaved or wiped out completely until little of their galaxy was left. The domains then turned on one another, resulting in a devastating war that ended up destroying their home planet as well. So they, they drove the, the robots out. That's like such a classic like sci-fi thing. It's like, oh, these aliens are fighting the robots now. Anyway, so they got the robots out, and then they were like, you know what? We hate technology. We're literally going to go through our entire galaxy and try to destroy the technology. And if they resist, we're just going to kill everyone. So the war completely changed who they were as a culture. Like they were peaceful and they were a part of the force before. And now they're like, we have a blood vendetta against all technology. So we're going to go out and we're going to conquer people to whatever end is needed to accomplish that goal. It's crazy. And then they end up destroying their planet. But here's what's really important. Before it was destroyed, Yuzantar uh, stripped the race of their connection to the Force because they all but destroyed their own galaxy. So the planet, seeing what they had become, stripped the entire race. Like I'm not, not just a single group, the whole the, everyone from their it stripped the connection to their to the Force from them completely. So. When you guys were asking, like, oh, was there ever, you know, or could there be? Technically, yes. And there actually is one way later. But, like, their people for millennia were just completely ripped out of the force because of the planet. Um, because they had become monsters. Uh, with most of their galaxy destroyed, the Yuzan Vong began a long trek through the void to another galaxy in search of a new home. They traveled in living war uh, world ships. Uh, and during their millennia's long voyage, they almost destroyed themselves because of infighting. Uh, during that time, much, much of their culture was stripped away, but their glorification of pain and hatred of mechanical technology remained. Uh, so for those of you watching the presentation, uh, there is a picture of three or four of the various types of ships. They're very organic looking, like they have warships that almost resemble whales. They kind of look like the one fish. Yeah. 
Um, and then there's, there's like the big, these big spinny ones that look kind of like the, like a bird's eye view of a hurricane. Does uh, it do and tricks? Then, huh? Does it do tricks? It spins. Just, just try spinning. That's a nice trick. It does trick. It does do tricks. Yeah. It oh, does okay, spin. Good. Yeah. And then there's some mushroom, <laughs> uh, looking ones. So anyways, the planet just took their, just stripped them straight out of the forest. Like, nah. You're not doing that anymore, uh, which ended actually ended up being one of their greatest weapons later. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So, because now we're talking about the Yuuzhan Vong War, uh, but before we talk about the Yuuzhan Vong War, I want to talk about the war against sleepiness and sluggishness and everything else that coffee can solve and how. If you drink coffee, you can win that war. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Didn't know that, did you? Jeremiah hasn't. Oh. He's definitely losing that war. Well, hey, you know what you can do, everyone else, to win that war? You can get coffee from the sponsor of today's episode, Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. Did you know that? Yep. (laughs) Oh. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Well, on that lovely note, we're going to take a moment and listen to a word from that sponsor. So just check this out. Hey, everyone. Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor of today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that whether you live in the Twin Cities or not, you can get their coffee beans delivered straight to your door by ordering them online. They even have a subscription service that ensures you never run out of amazing coffee. If you've been looking for some new coffee to try or a way to elevate your normal coffee routine, now's your chance. Head over to wesleyandrews.cc, use the code Empire Radio. that's with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout to get 15% off your first purchase of any bags of coffee or a coffee subscription. I can't think of a better deal. Get 15% off some great coffee, support a small business, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Drew, I, I want you to know, I think it was last week, after Wesley Andrews, somehow we said do it at the exact same time. Like I didn't have to How edit cute. it or anything. Yeah, it was it was really cute, you know. Wait, yeah. do you normally edit us all together? No. No, oh, I, I, do, like, I do the very end. The very, very end when you say always, I'll edit yeah. those together. Oh. Uh because of the internet lag. There's like I don't think you I don't think any of us have ever done it simultaneously first try since we've been doing remote. Right. But last week sense. we said do it at the same time and I was like, oh, well, look at that. Anyways. <laughs> uh, back to the uh, regular Doctor, scheduled yep. Yep, programming. Uh, yeah, so go check out Wesley Andrews if you haven't already. It's amazing. So you won't regret it. So let's talk about the news on Vong War. So now we're at the part, the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. So this is where we get the whole interaction between the Yuuzhan Vong. So we've been talking about them kind of in a vacuum this whole time, and no pun intended, in space. Uh, uh, anyways, but now we're going to talk about why 
they made such an impact on the galaxy. You guys excited? Yes. Of course. Are do you have any questions so far? Um, I'm what? gonna have questions about how this if this is the same group that other people are asking but i'll ask that later but uh, the question i have is that picture i was like when i saw that picture i was like it looks like the younglings that anakin was about to kill and they just all started to like <laughs> charge him but uh, that's no, what came to mind that, that, that kind of looks like the kid they're like master skywalker there's too many of them like kind of looks like him a little bit wait what was that we know that didn't happen master skywalker there's too many of them what are we gonna do about it no, it, no, he doesn't say, what are we going to do about it? That's the what Jeremiah. What are we going to do? Yeah, what are we gonna the do? Jeremiah that's version. That's what are we going to do, do about it? Oh. Uh, anyways, <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Yuzon Long War. <laughs> okay, so what? let's talk about what made them so dangerous. Aside from the fact that they have bloodlust, while also, in a weird way, revering life, and also they're really good fighters. Let's talk about what actually made them. But I have a question. What makes them good fighters? <laughs> that we're about to go over. Did yeah. you not pay attention to what he I mean, said? they're literally a warrior race. Like they're they're how to well, fight is that. is bred into them as like, children. They don't have technology, so that's would, would you, would you read No, the, they the, do have technology, read, Drew. Read the screen. What does yeah. it say at the top? Advanced technology. <laughs> no, 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 the first no above on the top. Oh, the what title. made them so dangerous, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna answer your question. Okay, yeah, so sure. Drew, let's let's talk about it. So the Yuzon Bond contain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dang, Jeremiah just roasted him. I... A good one. I'm sorry, Drew. <laughs> it was a, it was an honest question. I appreciate it. Yep. This is a safe place. You can yeah, in front of thousands of people. <clears throat> he said it's really. I mean, if if it if it gets too bad, I can just edit it out. It'll be fine. We're, we're leaving it in. But Jeremiah's not gonna. Edit I'm it leaving out. it in the YouTube version. <laughs> Okay, so the Yuzon Vong contained many biotechnologies that were superior to the mechanical technologies of the New Republic at the time. And they were superior. They were, uh, they included, but were not limited to, uh, biological battle analyst uh, computers that were extremely effective at coordinating their troops in battle. Uh, it, it reminded me of like, kind of like battle meditation but it's like a biological computer doing it. So it's not, it's not the same thing, but like because, because of the way that their technology worked and how it deeply intertwined it was to their actual uh, physiology, like it was super, it was very effective. Uh, they have a communication system that rivaled the Holonet at the time. So it was Ooh. that vast and that powerful. Uh, and they had their own form of hyperspace travel. Ooh. So they're, I mean, they're, they're, uh, you know, achieving everything with biotechnology that the rest of the galaxy is with their most up-to-date forms of technology. Um, however, the real threat was in their weaponry. This is where it gets kind of crazy. So Yuzon Vong carried, uh, the most popular weapon was called an amphistaff, uh, which were serpentine weapons that could be used as whips, spears, or swords. So uh, there's a picture there of one of the Yuzan Vong holding this thing, and it looks kind of like a snake, like a some sort of a like a water snake or like a dragon snake or any, whatever kind of snake you want to envision. It that's what it looks like. It's Good a job. snake. It's a snake. It's a sna <laughs> sneaky snake. You guys remember that? 
Mm. You don't, dude. That was huge on the internet. You don't. You guys don't, don't remember that what? sneaky snake. Wow. Okay. Someone in the I'm chat. Sorry, will... I'm 32. I'm too old to. Okay. I'm 30. I'm older. Your, your generation is a little. My generation. Older. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> someone, please. Someone, please. Remember that in the chat. Don't make me look like an idiot. Anyways. Oh, no. Oh, no. Daddy Pops. Let's talk about what makes him so dangerous, but what makes him such good fighters. <laughs> uh anyways <laughs> all right anyway. so they had these weapons and they had the ability to change form at the will of the person wielding it so they could be flexible you could use it as a whip they could be used as spears they could become in- in- incredibly rigid they also used them as swords and they were uh highly resistant to lightsabers and energy-based weapons. So, so cool. these snakes were alive when they're do, doing they. So, yes, yes. The simplified version is yes. So these are bio weapons. Uh, so it's technologically advanced, but it, yes, it's alive. It's kind of this weird gray area where it's like it's not a snake, like it's not actually a just a regular snake. But it's not a weapon. It's a snake weapon. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Okay, cool, thanks. (laughs) Anyways, what made these so powerful, other than the fact that they could go toe-to-toe with a lightsaber, is that uh, you take someone who is incredibly skilled in fighting in like general martial art abilities of their culture and then give them a weapon that can take multiple different forms at will you combine the different forms in and out of different combat forms and stuff like that. I mean, it makes them extremely difficult to fight. Um, because the second you get, you know, used to fighting a whip, you're fighting a sword or you're fighting a spear or whatever. Um, I think that they had the ability to shoot, uh, like some sort of an energy projectile too, but don't quote me on that. Anyways, they're really effective weapons. Uh, they also wore armor, and I'm gonna I might butcher this, but it's known as Von Dune Skur Kirik armor. Uh, I think it was made from the shell of a crab. This this crab thing that they had, uh, but it was a living armor that protected them from blasters and lightsabers. Uh, aside from its weak spots under the armpits where its gills were located, because it was living, the armor could even repair itself. Uh, though it was weak, cool. though it was weak to force lightning. They found that out way too late, way too late. Hundreds of Jedi had died before they found that out. Um, but like this armor, literally blaster bolts would just like ricochet off of them. And then Do you think that it was weak to force lightning because it's alive. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. And they, it did have a weakness. There was a specific pollen. Yes, you heard so me correctly. So it had allergies. It had allergies. Yeah, there was one <laughs> pollen that weakened it pretty bad, but it was like this one single pollen. Well, we'll talk about it, but there was, a, there was a pollen. That's a merch idea. There was a pollen. Is it, though? I mean, you sneezed earlier. Well, I have... Wait, I, is Drew a, a Yuzon Vong? Are you a Yuzon Vong? Is that why you're smooth? Maybe. Oh. Maybe. You need maybe. to have a... You, the, the strongest part of another snake. creature was their baldness, and he <laughs> adapted to that. 
<laughs> no. Is, is the microphone alive because it's my snake the whole time? Oh. oh. Wow. Drew's mic, weigh in on this. Yeah, please do. Wow, Jeremiah, that was that was really funny. Good, good <laughs> job. Uh, <laughs> I looked down to view to us. What about a use on Vong versus Hondo with holding time and knives? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so they had this armor. It was extremely durable. Uh, I I would compare it to like Beskar when it comes to deflecting lightsabers. Like I'm sure a lightsaber could cut through it if they like sat there like Qui-Gon Jinn and the Phantom Menace. But like in, in battle, that's not going to happen. Like lightsabers would bounce off of it too. And then it could repair itself, which is crazy. Um, so other than that one, the pollen and force lightning. And if you hit them in the armpit. But realistically, how hard is that? It's pretty hard. Unless you're John Wick. But what if you lay down this one tickles you? You're screwed. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, are, are you I, bluffing? Are you are you bluffing right now? Because you're a use on Vong? Are you telling us your weakness? Don't tickle me. <laughs> That's a merch <laughs> idea. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Just put going. your put your face on the back of it too. Anyways, uh, they also had large coral shaped ships. Uh, that featured Yarit core plasma weapons that were said to melt right through conventional ship hulls and armor. They're extremely powerful. Wow. Yeah. Like butter. That's how that's how easy it was. And there here this is really cool. The shielding for their ships was provided by Dovin Basils that created singularities that protected the craft from laser fire and could strip shields off of enemy vessels they used black holes <laughs> like literally used black holes to protect their ships Shields? yep so the lasers would just be like well, you just shoot, they be like? they just, they're gone they're just gone and then if you if you, they got close enough they could literally pull a, a, a shield off of an enemy ship with it the, it was also the gravitational powers was also powerful enough that it could potentially pull moons, dude. Which, so if Princess Leia would have, which, which we'll also talk about later. So just I was gonna say, if if Leia's ship would have busted open in front of one of those things, she would have flown right into that black hole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can fly. What the, oh, gosh. <laughs> what the heck? Okay, um, Princess Leia would, and then she's just gone. Yep. All right, so they had really advanced weapons. And the crazy thing is that the Republic had no idea, the New Republic had no idea how to fight these these armors and weapons and everything that they brought with them. And they were extremely caught off guard. Uh, so not only did they have to fight advanced weaponry, but they had to figure out how to fight it too, which is why it was so deadly. So I don't know if you mentioned this, but when they enter the Star Wars galaxy, like, what's the time frame? We're getting to that. Like, like literally the next slide. Oh, yeah. Don't I just wanted I just wanted to talk about what made them dangerous, so we had context. Oh, okay. Instead of going through the entire timeline and been like, and then this is why they're dangerous. <laughs> like, right. I, I wanted to give people context first. Make, so makes sense. So let's Good talk about. 
what? Good thing I asked you why they're dangerous. Yeah, no, it literally, it's you're the reason why we know all this now, Drew. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, so let's talk about the pre-invasion period. Now this is really interesting. Yeah, wait, can you go over the pre-invasion period? I'm not. I'm kind of confused. Okay, we're gonna do this all night. Or we can <laughs> For a second, Jeremiah, I thought you were serious. It was like I was literally about to say, dude, this slides right there. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so let's talk about the pre-invasion period. So they leave their galaxy. So just a little recap. They they royally screw everything up. They get removed from the force and then they leave. They're like, ah, we got to go somewhere else. So they sit in a living spaceship for millennia. And then eventually they start getting close enough that they begin sending out scouts and things begin to happen. So for example, we're all going all the way back to 3962 BBY. Uh, a group of Mandalorian Neo Crusaders came in contact with the Yuzon Vong scout ship disguised as an asteroid. It was said that the ship's weaponry was able to melt through the Mandalorian's armor like wax. Ooh. The probe then, after the battle, fled with the Mandalorians in pursuit until it exited the galaxy. The Mandalorians then turned back. Uh, this was the first known contact between the, Yuz the Yuzon Vong and the known galaxy. So it just went through Baskar like nothing. Yep. I mean, Baskar wasn't technically a thing then, but like, I guess it was. I guess it was. I don't know if they ever talked. I could be totally wrong, but I don't remember hearing a ton about the actual material unless it was Cortosis, maybe. Hmm. I don't remember, but. Sorry, I mix non-EU with EU stuff. It's okay. Not bad. I mean, they still had the best armor in the galaxy oh, at the time. I mean, like, the second you get Mandalorian armor in KOTOR... Game over. I mean, you don't use it as... I didn't use it as a force wielder because the dexterity bonus is pretty low, but for my gunslinger people, it's really good. It's the best armor I found, though there's probably some, like, Cassus Fett's armors in there, which is cool because he... Uh, I'm pretty sure it has a role in Django Fett's lineage. Could be wrong. Anyways. Yep. So they come in contact with the Mandalorians. They they get out of there and the Mandalorians get to the edge of the galaxy. And they're like, nah, we're not doing that. So they turn back. Now, fast forward a long time to 32 BBY. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in between these dates that actually goes on. But these are the main things that I thought were the most important to the overall story and to... Uh, what everyone would know and have readily available from Star Wars media. So 32 BBY, during the time of the invasion of Naboo, so the Phantom Menace, the Yuuzhan Vong encountered uh, the planet Zonoma and attempt to colonize it. So this, this planet is another sentient living planet within the Star Wars galaxy. Okay, so just keep that in mind. They attempted to colonize it. The planet's biosphere killed the Yuuzhan Vong's flora and fauna, provoking them, and war ensued. They went to war with the planet and its people. After two long years of fighting, the Jedi Vergier convinced them to leave under the condition that she would travel with them. Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, went to investigate what happened and actually learned a, sm a super small amount of information about 
Yuzong Vong. They didn't write, know their name or anything, but there were stories about their weaponry and their colonizing methods and stuff like that. So there was there was a, like a super minuscule amount of knowledge about them that Obi Wan and Anakin in the expanding universe actually uncover, but then mm. they disappear, and so it's like, what are you going to do with it? You know, what are you going to do with that right. information? Uh, Vergier, I don't know if you guys remember this. Vergier is actually a character that comes into play and and came into play when we were talking about Abeloth. So not the first crickets, time we've crickets, crickets. We've t- okay, that's fine. It literally was in my presentation, so it's fine. Uh, okay, so skipping forward a few years, twenty seven BBY. This was at the time of the outbound flight project. You guys remember that? Sounds familiar. God, you're killing me. You guys are killing me. Joris Sabath? Sabath? Yes, yes, yes. I, yes. I remember that name. Isn't that like the random crazy Jedi? Yeah, find? but he was a clone, a crazy mm-hmm. clone of the original Jedi Master who went out on the outbound flight project. Yes, and yes, 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 yes. It, and the EU canon timeline is the first time Thrawn makes an appearance. Give or take. EU's kind of kind of kind of confusing, but it was pretty early. Yep. Yep. So, anyways, this was this was at the time of uh, much closer to the time of the Clone Wars, uh, but the outbound flight project. Anyways, it is said that Palpatine had knowledge of the Yuuzhan Vong threat at that time which is part of the reason for the project, uh, though the extent of his knowledge and the source have never been confirmed. Uh, it is conver- confirmed that Yuzon Vong scouts were actually active during the Clone Wars in the galaxy. So there's that. Cool. Operating in the shadows. Now, moving on to encounters with the Chiss. So I thought this is really, thought this is really interesting. Uh, it is said around this time, around the 27 BBY time period, uh, a small Yuzon Vong force engaged the Chiss expansion, Expansionary Defense Force and was defeated by Admiral Aralani, which, if you've read any of the books, that is a name that you should definitely know. Uh, sometime between 27 and 22 BBY, it was speculated that the, a pact between the Vagari and the Yuuzhan Vong had been made against the Chiss. The Vagari is also a name that has come up many times in the canon Thrawn books, if you have read those. Mm-hmm. Sometime between his dispatch to the Unknown Regions in 3 ABY and his return in 9 ABY, Thrawn encountered the Yuuzhan Vong, and they were one of his primary motivations for returning to the galaxy and reuniting the remnants of the Empire the way he did in the Thrawn trilogy. I thought this was very interesting because, so DeView Twist earlier, uh, before we started recording, asked if the Grisks are uh, going, are being set up to be the Yuuzhan Vong of the canon Star Wars timeline. And this is this is a very good reason as to why I think they are, because it sounds you know, like it. We've we've seen a lot, a lot of especially the lore of the Chiss and the storytelling of the Chiss has been brought in slowly but surely into canon by Timothy Zahn, and I just think it's very interesting 
that there are, without going into spoilers, some pretty significant hints that the Grisk are this force in the Chis- outside of the Chiss Ascendancy that are coming in to, to invade and kind of do similar things that the Yuuzhan Vong are doing. And then there's also hints of them in the Galactic Civil War era as well. Um, and it's also really speculated that they're going to be the main antagonists for the Ahsoka, you know, Thrawn crossover stuff. So all I'm saying is there are a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities in the naming and then the characters that are at play in this story and what we're seeing in canon now. That's all I'm saying. Take it or leave it. Well, I'm but thinking it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty coincidental, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's kind of the pre-invasion phase. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. The Yuuzhan Vong War was the single deadliest conflict in galactic history, claiming over three, three trillion lives. Three trillion lives. So That's a lot. my math may not be correct, but that is definitely more than all of the wars in Star Wars galactic history combined. Clone Wars, Galactic Civil War, a lot of the other ones, like three trillion is, that's a huge amount of people. And this was only over the span of a few years. So anyways, the Vong, the Yuuzhan Vong uh, began their invasion by stirring up a war on the world of Romamul between its neighboring planet, Asarian. During this time, Mara Jade Skywalker and a hundred other diplomats were infected with a deadly Yuuzhan Vong disease. So this, this begins in 25 ABY. So keep that in mind. As a result of this, the New Republic did not take notice when the first uh, of the invasion force made planet fall on the distant world of Helska Four and also brought down Cernpidal's moon upon the planet killing Chewbacca in the process mm. and leaving the planet in pieces. Dang, bro. So, so Chewbacca dies in this series. That's sad. What the and, heck? And he does go out in a pretty Dang. epic way because they dropped the moon on him. So Ooh, it was, just how that one... How Yoda... Yeah. Did the Death Star, <laughs> yeah. So when I was talking about how they could use the gravity, like the singularity generators yeah. on their ships. So they're, they literally, that's one of the ways that they did that. They would use it to like basically grab, pull. Just like suck it and just yeah. destroy the whole they would planet use the, by it. <laughs> Jeremiah, why are you laughing? Yeah, they would literally use the gravitational pull of the singularity generators and they literally brought the moon down onto the planet and it destroyed the planet. So they... Let's keep keep everything in context. So they slide in and inside a war between two planets. And then which if if you read the if you're reading the Ascendancy trilogy right now, you know what I'm saying? There's some similarities. I'm not gonna go into spoilers, but there's some similarities. Anyway, so they inside a war between the two planets, give a hundred people plus Luke Skywalker's wife this deadly virus as a distraction. This is all a distraction. 
And then while the New Republic is distracted, they literally land on another planet and then pull another planet's moon into itself. The whole planet's wiped out. Like, this is like an Alderaan-scale event. Like, uh, when I was doing my research, Serpendal's, uh, that planet for the region it was in, was the most populated, like, densely populated planet. It wasn't Coruscant, you know, but it was, like, a really well-populated planet. Everyone's dead. They're just gone. So, like, already, this isn't even the full invasion force. Millions of people are dead. Dang. Yeah. Fun. GG. He says, fun. Uh, the is first that, wave... Is that what you were talking about, the Wookiee hair, though? Cause that's what I that's what I mentioned when I said Chewbacca was going to be in this. He dies. GG. Yeah. So use that hair for good. Yep. But now it's burned. All right. <laughs> it's singed. Uh, that's a that's an understatement. <laughs> that is big big boy understatement. Uh, anyways, so the this is just the first wave. So the first wave of the invasion uh, eventually encounters the Jedi who were considered to be the worst of their infidels because of their control over the force that they were stripped of. So like being a Jedi was worse than being a computer or like a droid to them. Uh, the first invasion force was eventually defeated by Luke, Han, Leia, and Lando. So they come in, they do some stuff, kill millions of people like it's nothing, and then they are defeated. But that was only the first wave of the invasion. But how are they de- defeated, though? Like they, they just defeat him. It's a smaller like force. They're resistant to lightsabers and blasters, and yeah, but they use they use team anything. they use teamwork, Jeremiah. Oh. Teamwork. And I did, and I didn't want to get into the details of that because it's, it's a literally work. a, it's a book. Uh, you know, it's like part of a book, and there's just a lot. Do they, do they win by not fighting those they hate, but saving those? They okay, love? stop. Okay, <laughs> you dummy. Whoa, whoa, that's what she no. says. That's what she says. She says dummy. Yes, she calls Finn a dummy. Well, Hold on, I'm, I'm pulling. I'm gonna pull up the the quote right now. I'm gonna uh, read it to you. Oh boy! You ready? Oh boy! Ready? Here we so go. people don't think I'm being mean to Jeremiah. You and don't. What are, they, what are you gonna do if it's if you were wrong? You don't win. <laughs> you're being mean to Jeremiah by what is it, defeating those you hate, fighting those you hate, but saving those you love, or something. I just typed in "you don't win." Rose quote. <laughs> That's how we're mm-hmm. going to win. Not by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. I, she definitely 100% calls him a dummy. And then she passes out. I, uh, it, it's a th- No, it's a thing. It's a thing. They had failing. I'll, I'll, Vin, I'll YouTube it. Vin Diesel noises. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so they beat the first wave. All right, it's not over. It is not over. You, you can't stop with just killing millions of people if you're the Yuuzhan Vong. You have to go. You have to go all the way. All right. So the main invasion force followed soon after the first was defeated and quickly conquered many worlds. They just came in and just just started checking them off. Uh, Bimiel, Dantooine, Derbillion, and Abora Sky uh, were among 
those that, that were conquered. Here's the crazy thing. They found out that the pollen that made their armor weak originated in the galaxy. They identified it super quickly and realized it was native to the planet Ithor, which is Ithorians, the hammerheads, you know, you love them. They got the really yep. powerful voices. Yep. They literally destroyed the planet by using firestorms and poisons, poison attacks. They just they just got rid of the entire like biome of the planet. They just it, it's gone. So they're like, oh, we gotta get rid of this pollen. All the people, all the vegetation, everything is just dead. So there's that. Uh, refugees from conquered worlds became so numerous so quickly that the New Republic had to take action. Uh, in some cases, the Yuuzhan Vong were known to offer mercy to planets that offered up Jedi as prisoners. So, straight up, they were offering Jedi up. Uh, they also struck a deal with the Huts, allowing them to pass through Hut space and attack uh, the world of Fondor. However, they served heavy losses at the Battle of Fondor uh, when Han Solo's cousin fired center point station against them. Much of the defending force was destroyed as well. So it's a shot there in the picture. Now, do you remember center point station? Yes, because it sounded like center point energy when I first heard it. I remember. That's fair. You remember Center Point Station was, I'm pretty sure, one of the stations for Abeloth that helped contain Abeloth as well. Yes. Yep. So they he just fired that sucker. Big old blast. Took out part of the good guys anyways. But, you know, it is what it is. So it's their first big defeat, the Yuzan Vong. And it comes at a huge cost, too. Uh, during the conquest of the planet Doro, Warmaster... Uh, Savong La of the Yuuzhan Vong offered the New Republic a ceasefire if they turned over every single Jedi in the galaxy. They were like, hey, we will completely stop if you just give us all your Jedi. Just give them, give, you got to give them all, but we'll stop. As a result, the Jedi became more hated than ever before, and many were hunted down by local governments. Some uh, some, like Jedi Masters Luke and Mara Jade Skywalker, even had warrants issued for their arrest by the New Republic. Dang, that sucks. Yeah. So, like, they single-handedly turned the entire New Republic against the Jedi because they were so bad at con or I guess so good at conquering worlds and killing people. Uh, two years into the war, the Yuuzhan Vong released... Uh, reptilian hounds called voxen so they are force sensitive if you've played knights of the old republic torrentatex i don't know if that rings a bell for anybody else uh but they were literally bred in a similar way to to hunt down jedi and to kill force sensitive people uh, but they were a new biological creation with the purpose of hunting down the jedi in response oh and by the way if you're watching the presentation uh that is uh, some artwork of one so it was a reptilian dog-looking thing. Uh, in response, Anakin Solo, the third child of Han and Leia, uh, led an all-Jedi strike team to destroy the Voxen Queen, who was used as the template as to, to clone the rest of them. The mission was successful, but many of the Jedi were killed, including Anakin himself. 
Jason Solo, the other son of Han and Leia, was captured by the Yuzan Vong as well, which also comes into play in the Avalov story. It's all connected. It's all it's like it's its own expanded universe almost. Oh, brr, brr, brr. Brr, brr, brr. <laughs> While the Voxen were being hunted, the Yuzon Vong launched a devastating attack on Coruscant, killing uh, New Republic Chief of Staff, Chief of State, excuse me, Borsk Frelia in the process. He was a Bothan. Uh, they renamed the planet Yuzong Tar and began terraforming it in the image of their lost homeworld. This terraforming was eventually sabotaged by Jason Solo as he escaped captivity with the help of Jedi Knight Vergier. So she had been with him the whole time as a captive. And then they worked together to get out and he sabotaged it. But they they single-handedly took over. Like, they destroyed Coruscant. Like, millions of people died in this attack because they were caught so unaware so like when i'm like that's why the death count is over three trillion because yeah they're they're cor- freaking out alone almost huh course on alone had so many people on yeah it. i mean not everyone died but like they straight just just they just destroyed Coruscant, and then they started terraforming it which is crazy uh it's crazy to me so after moving its capital, capital, <laughs> I can't talk. After moving its capital to Dak, the planet Dak, and electing a new chief of state, the New Republic established the High Council, which would coordinate the Jedi's role in the war. Super interesting. At this time, the Jedi learned of Alpha Red, a biological weapon that would wipe out the Yuuzhan Vong and all of their creations created by the Republic. Republic was fighting dirty. Mm-hmm. The Jedi were unable to convince the New Republic to take the weapon off the table as a possibility because they were definitely not for it. Uh, but Vergier destroyed the weapon, saving them the trouble. This strained the relationship between the Jedi and the New Republic a great deal. What was the name of that uh, biological strain from the Clone Wars? That was on Naboo, the crazy oh, scientist. Yeah. Blue... Something. For some reason, I'm thinking Blue Nile, but that's definitely not right. Blue Shadow? Blue Shadow Virus? I don't know. I'm pretty blue sure Shadow it's blue, Virus. I, yep. th- I think it's Blue Shadow Virus. Blue Death? They're saying Blue Shadow. <laughs> Is that a band name? Blue Death. <laughs> yeah, Blue Shadow Virus. Blue Death. <laughs> that's a band <laughs> name, Drew. Hey, that's what the chat said. I didn't say that. I just read. Oh. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe they're the same. So uh, Vergier, who is considered at this point to be a rogue Jedi because she's technically not a part of the New Order, um, even though she is a Force user and she was a part of the Jedi Order back in the day, she's just like, nah, I'm good. We're just going to destroy that real quick. She just does it. Um, and so that obviously puts a lot of strain on the relationship between the Jedi and the New Republic because the New Republic created the Council specifically to coordinate what they the Jedi were going to do, it wasn't it wasn't like the Jedi came together and they're like, okay, let's let's figure this out together. It's like no, the Republic created a Council to tell the Jedi what to do. Like that's what it was, mm-hmm. and then the Jedi weren't having uh, 
this alpha red thing and they were they were pushing back against it and then this rogue jedi just goes and destroys it so you can imagine how awkward that relationship would be <laughs> between the new republic and the jedi at that point all right so we're, we're bringing the war to a conclusion Forced to pursue conventional warfare, the New Republic devised and successfully executed a trap for the Yuzanvong around the deep core moon Ebak 9. Jaina Solo was used as bait, and she eventually killed Warmaster Svong La. Vergier then sacrificed herself to eliminate the rest of the Yuzanvong troops that had landed on the moon. They used Jaina Solo as bait. A, a large part of the Yuzanvong forces went in, they sprang the trap, and they were actually defeated. Uh, after the victory, Luke Skywalker put a team together to find the living planet Zonama Sekhat in the unknown regions. So one of the things that happened um, after they... So you remember they found the planet, they waged war on the planet for like two years, and then Vergier shows up, and she's like, okay, if you leave, I'll come with you. Just don't... Let's just not do this anymore. So they leave. Well, the planet disappears. Just, it's gone. And the Yuzan Vong find out, and they're like, well, there's no signs it was destroyed. What, like, what happened to it? It just disappears from the galaxy. So Luke is like, I need to go find this planet because this could be a potential home for the Yuzan Vong, and th this could actually help end the war. So he puts together a team, he goes out, uh, he actually receives help from the Chiss and the Imperial Remnant in the Unknown Regions. Uh, they find the planet, and they begin negotiating <laughs> with the planet in an effort to end the war. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of stuff that happens with the Yuzan Vong. But basically, uh, Zenoma Sekot ends up jumping back through hyperspace and ends up in orbit alongside Yuzong Tar, which is also known as Coruscant. So some things happen that really aren't like mega important. And then it, the planet's like, okay, I got to go back. And it <laughs> jumps through hyperspace and ends up in the same orbit or the same orbit like cycle as Coruscant around the same star. Super interesting. The planet's just like, all right, see you guys later. It's just gone back in back in the the core uh so then the yuzon vong were defeated after the second battle of coruscant so uh after they won on ebak nine they were like okay we gotta we gotta take the fight to them we gotta get coruscant back so they're actually defeated during the second battle of coruscant so things fall apart because uh they find out that the supreme overlord shimra uh, who Luke ends up eventually killing during this battle, is actually a puppet. Um, he's not actually the Supreme Overlord. Nope. He's being manipulated. No. <laughs> by a Force-sensitive, shamed one named Omni. So there is this orchestrator behind the scenes this whole time, and it's a, a shamed one, like we talked about before, that is a Force-sensitive Yuzan Vong. Oh, dang. Right. Oh. So eventually it does happen again. Uh, and who originally gets killed by Jason Solo. Oh. Yep. So the Yuzan Vong are eventually defeated in the second battle of Coruscant. 
As a part of their surrender, the Yuzanvang were forced to help rebuild Coruscant, uh, and the now newly formed Galactic Federation of Free Alliances uh, was able to eventually return to the planet uh, after some time. Uh, and then if you're wondering um, about uh, Zenoma Sikot, the Yuzanvang eventually call that home. They're all called back to that planet, and when they get there, the planet literally jumps into hyperspace and takes them off outside of the galaxy. So they're like... So they're not not in the galaxy anymore either. No, I think there are, there there's a remnant that, that that's there. I'm pretty sure I read that's like trying they're trying to be good and they're trying to like mm. make amends and stuff. But like realistically, the majority of them are just gone. So uh, maybe I missed this, but yes. how did the Yuzong Vong get to the Star Wars galaxy? Uh, over time. So you remember their galaxy? Traveling. You remember their galaxy? They effed it up and then they got in the ship. And we're like, oh, we're going to go search for a new home. And then they just sat in their ship for like a millennia. Oh, okay. yeah. So they, they were slowly like they did. So an interesting point that I, I missed earlier, they didn't have the ability because of the way their hyperdrives worked in the void. They didn't have the ability to do long jumps, if not no jumps at all. So it was an extremely long process to get from their galaxy to the stars galaxy and then they they began like sending out scouts and kind of pushing you know defenses and buttons here and there to see how much they could you know actually get in and what things you know what was happening that's why they had you know agents active during the clone wars they're probably filling things out and then of course they they found their moment and they took it and they just kicked the door in and killed chewbacca r.i.p yeah so obviously that is this is probably one of the biggest summaries I've done total because of how much information there is uh, in in this content in this this series of books. So definitely, if you want to if you want a, a more in depth look, go read those New Jedi Order books. Um, but that is a summary of the Yuuzhan Vong. So a question that I have, yes, that. So I thought I've heard before that, you know, yes, Palpatine created like the galactic, like the military, like the Imperial, whatever, like the Clone Wars. And then the military of the, of the empire was to, you know, take over the galaxy and destroy the Jedi and all that stuff. But didn't he also have a dual reasoning because he sensed that there was going to be a great threat to the galaxy and he yeah. wanted a military presence yeah. to fight. Yeah. So that's part of it. Yeah. Is it yeah. mentioned in these books then? Or is that like something like No, that was a that was a more recent like canon type development. Um there is uh there there was a lot of speculation at the beginning of the canon Thrawn novels, because Thrawn talks a lot about like the reason he's joining the Empire in canon is literally to align himself with a strong military to to basically be ready for this threat and the, and him and palpatine both they they talk about it a little bit um but at the time we didn't know what they were talking about and now they keep hinting at the grisk and so i don't know i don't know if the use on vong are gonna, ever going to become canon but yeah that was a thing so um how, so you said how did thrawn know that palpatine had this worry that what you just said 
they talked about it. So, Thrawn or Palpatine just told him that, like, yeah, I had a vision. No, Palpatine and Thrawn had several private conversations, like in the Imperial Palace, in canon. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's one of the reasons why Palpatine accepted him, uh, because he was the only, at least in canon, the only non-human flag officer, like. Mm-hmm. one they barely let any aliens into the military anyways but for him to be a grand admiral like that was straight up something that the emperor allowed them to do this is interesting that he you would think that palpatine's fear of that invading something in the future would be more prevalent like it seems like he's kept it a secret like on the down low yeah he well but you have to understand like Palpatine was literally the most skilled force user when it came to interpreting the force and future events. And so I think he knew how much time he had to a certain extent. Um, but he can sense his own demise. No, <laughs> but it is interesting. There is speculation that, one of the reasons why the Yuzon Vong waited until, you know, oh. two decades after the fall of the Empire was because of the, imp- the, the Empire's strength. Right. Like, that was one of the things that I read that was like, there was even a YouTube video that was like, why the Yuzon Vong was afraid of the Empire. And, and it was because the Empire, I mean you know, say what you want about stormtroopers and TIE fighter pilots and stuff. Like they were extremely powerful as a unit and the new Republic, you know, even, even in 25 ABY wasn't to that point. Like they didn't have the the military strength that the empire did at the time. And so I, there, there's speculation that the reason why they waited is because they were intimidated by the military. I mean, even if they could have defeated them, like I know that their losses would have been way heavier, you know, um, and that might be why Palpatine was building the Death Star. Who knows? Uh, it's also worth noting, and I totally missed this earlier. The reason why they were such good fighters against Jedi is because because they were completely disconnected from the Force. Force based attacks, aside from didn't Force work. Lightning, didn't work. Mm on them like like a force push would just be like me trying to force push you right so it literally (laughs) said in the wikipedia article as i was researching a lot of this like it was like it meant that a force push that would normally send someone flying backwards at a high speed would literally just kind of push them off balance like they were that immune Um, they weren't completely immune but it was like it didn't do anything yeah and and the one of the big advantages for them is because they operated outside of the force, Jedi couldn't use their precognition abilities in fighting with them. So Jedi literally had to had to fight them one on one, or sometimes in great numbers, just using their martial arts skills alone. So they like they literally couldn't use any of the the normal force advantages of of fighting that they would normally use on someone that was attuned or part of the force at least. So like from from the f- from the perspective of viewing life through the force, they literally, you couldn't see them at all. They were, they were fighting blind essentially, mm. which is kind of, it's, it's crazy to think about, but like, interesting. 
it literally took the Jedi's greatest advantage away from them, which I never thought we'd see. But yeah, cool stuff. Really interesting enemy for sure. Uh, and definitely brought the most death, the most death and destruction for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for the presentation. You're so I feel like we barely scratched the surface of this too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff there. Trust me. So go check it out. You know what you should also go check out? Cufflinks.com. Cufflinks.com. Yes, sir. So we talked about them a little bit at the beginning of this video, but the lovely people at Cufflinks are also the second sponsor of today's episode. So let's take a quick break before we dive into voicemail time and take a listen to a word about cufflinks.com. What's up everyone, Andrew here with a word from the sponsor of today's episode, cufflinks.com. If you didn't know, cufflinks.com is the premium accessories marketplace, and they offer a wide range of products, including but not limited to ties, cufflinks, jewelry, and much more. The awesome thing about cufflinks.com is that they've partnered with popular brands like Star Wars, to bring you exclusive, officially licensed products. Their products are designed in a way that's great looking and fun, which means you can support your favorite fandom and look good doing it. Wanna snag something awesome for yourself or someone else? Try using the code EMPIRE20, that's with a capital E and no space at checkout, to receive 20% off your next order with no minimum purchase. Still not convinced? Well, cufflinks.com offers outstanding customer service one to five day delivery anywhere in the United States and free shipping on all orders over $100. Want to feel like a million credits in your next outfit? Head on over to cufflinks.com. Do, do it. it. Do it. Did we do it? Did, Jeremiah, did we do it? <laughs> no, we didn't. It's It happened simultaneously in my ears. Oh, it was well, delayed for me. It was delayed for me, so. Great. Okay. Well, anyways. Yeah, go check out uh go check out Cufflinks. Yeah. Our and that, what? Oh well say we, we're giving away that mystery box, but so that's mystery box is normally fifty dollars and you get two hundred plus dollars worth of product. But with that promo code it's only forty dollars. So this is this is your opportunity to get multiple items from cufflinks.com for super cheap. Yeah. So this and is your best thing. Here's the thing about mi- the mystery boxes. It's got multiple things in it. You just open it, and you've got gifts <laughs> for multiple people in your family. You you pick what you want, and then you're like, Drew, oh, hey. Drew is like, what is he talking about? Like, he was like, oh, I saw it in Drew's face. Like, <laughs> What? Kidding. Anyway. What? You, what did you, I miss? You're, you're making fun of me, or making fun of Drew by saying what I just said. No. Yeah. I actually wasn't that time. Did you not hear what well, I said? It worked. No, it it doesn't matter. Let's just oh god, what let's the just heck? Move, let's just move forward, okay? Move forward into voicemail time. It's everyone's favorite time, and it might be because of our transition. What we're about to hear. So let's just let's just go ahead and roll it and bask in the glory that is Drew's angelic voice. Yes, it is. Awesome. Yes, it is. So we have how many do uh, we got tonight? We have three. Ooh. We have one from Cody, one from Jerrica, one from Michael. Awesome. Yep. Uh, so let's start with the one from Cody. Uh, 
and uh, we, we might get a replay of what we just heard. So let's let's take a listen. It's voicemail time. <laughs> hey guys, Cody here. I was just had a question. If you could have the ultimate Star Wars team, who would you want as your leader? The brains of your team, your muscle, and your sidekick, Joker. Thanks for the great podcast, and don't forget, join the Discord. Hey. Hey, did, how, on a scale from 1 to 10 lightsabers, Drew, how was that? Uh, it's voicemail time. It was a solid 8.5. Ooh. Maybe we should put... Uh... I don't to think you clip out uh, Drew and put the oh. one in. Oh, oh put Cody wow. in there. Immortalize yeah. Cody in song. Ooh. <clears throat> All right, anyway. You, but what makes him dangerous? <laughs> what? What? No, what? No, no, that's nothing. Anyways, so we have a team. We have the brains, the bronze, and then like a sidekick. And you said a leader, right? Yeah. So there are four people. And, and a joker. You said Joker too. Didn't I thought it was like yeah, sidekick, sidekick slash, slash Joker. Like yeah. Oh. So leader, brains, brawn, brawn, sidekick. Okay. All right. Ooh. Who wants to go first? I'm thinking. Who wants to go? All right. Leader Thrawn. Okay. Muscle. Zeb. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's the other one? Brains and sidekick. Brains. Well, maybe the brain should be thought. Th- yeah, I was gonna say, dude. Yeah, the brain that's, should that's be thrown. My leader my will be Ahsoka, and the sidekick will be Jar Jar. Uh, <laughs> so your whole team just falls apart at that point. Mm-hmm. Dark Jar Jar. Oh. So my leader is gonna be Kanan. Um Brains Thrawn. He's easy. Brawn. General Grievous. What? Really? He's he's a strong guy. He's he's got four arms, dude. And he's metal. Yeah. Fine, 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 fine. Wait, I'll, I'll t- no, it's no, just no, your team. No, you no, no. How, you, no you do you. Like, what? What? You do what? you. No, 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 no. I'm going to change my brawn. My bronze. <sighs> Who would I pick? Jar Jar for everything. That's a, that's a terrible idea. Brawn. What's really cool and really strong? Dark Trooper? No. Heavy what? Mando? Heavy Mando? Heavy? No. No, I need more bronze than that. A, a rancor. Ooh. Yeah, that could be an option. Good luck controlling. Ponkrell. Ooh. Could be kind of volatile, but could be a good addition. Yeah, I'll go Ponkrell. So we've got Kanan, Thrawn, Ponkrell, Sidekick, Chopper. I knew you were going to say he that. Would, that could be your brawn right there, Chopper. I mean, <laughs> it could be my brains too. It could be the leader. He could be the whole team. Uh... Carry the whole team on his back. All right, Jeremiah. Uh, but when I heard leader, I for automatically just thought of Anakin. So I'm gonna go with Anakin. Oh, don't get him, don't let him around your kids though. He'll mm. kill him. 
and he'll he'll betray you and bring an empire up in your place. Yeah, but that was Vader. He's talking about little Annie. I don't think he is. I'm I'm saying Clone Wars. (laughs) Okay, Anakin. Uh, Brain. I'll come back to that one. Braun, I was thinking like Chewy. Ooh. Sidekick. Maybe Chopper is a good answer, but I'm, I'll probably go with Babu Frick because he can help out with the droids. Okay. Yeah, repair and comic droids. relief. Yep. He'll, he'll lift your spirits. Yep. And yeah. brain. I'm trying to think of someone who's drawn. Oh, what's the, uh, those droids. Oh, the... Hondo. You want Hondo as your brains? No. Oh. What's the, the, the commander droids? Tactical droids? Tactical droids, yes. Yeah. That, there's my brain right there. He said, there's my brain, a computer. Dude, <laughs> we had some good teams. We had a few really good teams in the chat. So Daddy Palp says, brains, Thrawn, muscle, maul, sidekick, Ooh. Ventress, leader, Palpatine. That is an OP team. Yeah. Right there. Uh, Will says Jar Jar for everything. There you go, Drew. Uh, the View Twist says Savage uh, for Braun. Jerica says Chopper is the team. <laughs> the View Twist also says Leia for leader. Yeah, that's a good. She was a really good leader. Hera would be a good leader too. Oh, she would be. Yeah. Yeah. How about Ray? She's a psychic. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for that. Brains Tarkin. Yeah, Tarkin was a, a really good tactician too. Yeah. He's a he's a smart guy. He gets overshadowed you a little did bit. Boba by... for bronze. Boba Fett. You should have done Boba Fett. That's what I'm said. Su- I I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't have like a whole Mandalorian team. When you were I was like, thinking Boba's about Boba's the it. leader. Dinge, or Boba's the brains, Dinge's the leader, Heavy's the brawn, sidekick, the, some other Mandalorian. Ooh, another sidekick. Omega would be a good sidekick. Ooh, Omega would be a really good sidekick, yeah. Or, or the the child. Grogu. Nah, he's just dead weight. Dang. What? Anyways. Remember, I told you I'm over the Grogu gimmick. Yeah, like, I'm you know, over you're, it. You're on to... The other little bigger kid. and better things. Oh, Stuffy Leviathan says leader Kit Fisto, great choice. Brain Maul, Muscle Savage, Sidekick Ahsoka. This is broken. Will says C three PO for everything, and the opponent just gets attacked with dread. <laughs> the odds, just the odds all over. The odds. Uh, Plo Koon would be a good leader too. Really underrated Jedi there. All right. Well, Cody, that was a really good question. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to Jericho's voicemail. You guys ready? Yes. Let's hit it. Hey, guys. It's Jerrica popping in with another question this week. Um, I was just wondering if there was one Star Wars moment that you could relive from anything from the movies, a trailer, or the shows. What would it be? Mine would probably be the I am your father line because Mm -hmm. I was too young to remember the first time I saw that. And I really wish I would remember my reaction. Um, Thanks for everything you guys do. And may the force be with you. And may the force be with you, Jerrica. Thank you for sending that in. Uh, It's a really good question. One that I I don't think I've ever thought about before. I have to have that. Like the whole Vader 
I am your father scene. Like, I just grew up knowing that scene. Yeah. Like, it was Dude, never... Dude, same. I was just going to say that, yeah. yeah. I was like, so it's like, I've thought about that. Like, it's all the big shock and awe that, that people originally had. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay. It wasn't so, a surprise at all for me either. It's kind of like we knew it. So are you saying you wish you could relive that, like, in real time? Like in the theaters for the first That'd time yeah i think that's like what the question is like to like, oh, like relive go back and like yeah. relive that moment where you see something so well you be... can't relive it if you didn't you weren't yeah, alive i don't think that's the question it's just like remember that part where you watch star wars what would be that scene that you would want to like relive again mine would probably be seeing maul and solo i thought i still remember that whole day and i think that day was like one of no, the I best. know your favorite one when uh, Kylo Ren dies. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, and you clapped. Because you said you and, jumped and, up and yeah. clapped yeah, in the theater, but, and... but it wasn't as intense as when I saw Maul, and I was like freaking out. I was like, too. Everyone was. So I think that was like for me. That was my Vader moment, live. You know, like yeah, yeah. I. I think mine would be the opening crawl of The Force Awakens. I know. Okay. 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 I saw your face. I saw your face. I get it. I get it. I get it. But like, I hadn't seen a Star Wars movie. The last time I had seen a Star Wars movie movie in theaters, it didn't mean the same thing to me. Yeah. I think I agree with you. You know, I would probably pick the same day too. And it was like, it was like, what, 2005? 15 2014 15 15 yeah 2015 like and and i was like mostly an adult at that point and was like i had a completely new appreciation for for everything star wars and i that was that was a magical moment like i i straight up teared up a little bit and then like everyone in the theater cheered so yeah yeah i agree that i would want to relive that Either that or 100% I would relive the entire production of the Minnesota Orchestra with Empire Strikes Back. Because that was one of the best musical moments of my entire life. It was it was gorgeous. Like, absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah. I still, I still like the, the final Force Awakens trailer, like the full-length one. Like I still really love. I also go back and watch that trailer because it's just like the anticipation of that trailer. And are you talking about the one where he says Chewie, we're home? No, the the final trailer, which is the only full length trailer we got, which is the one where it opens up with Ray opening the thing. Yeah, sliding down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's the only full length trailer we got, and that was the final trailer that they released, which was two months before the movie came out. And it's. I watched like, that thing like four million times. I did too. So like, <laughs> like literally it, four million of the views are just yeah. true. And like, so I even like once in a while I was going like watch that trailer, and it's just like I still kind of have like the anticipation, like, what is Star Wars going to be in the future? Like I still. Lol. Have those. <laughs> but you go back like, and wish you could just hey, change the whole thing. You know thing. what though? We've had we've had a good hiatus of not seeing a movie. I yeah. think like when the new movie comes out, we're gonna feel something similar to that. Yeah, again. Never, it's never gonna happen. As there's long as it's be, good, there's never gonna be a Star Wars movie again. I, so Jerica, oh gosh, it's already been delayed again. They've already scrapped Rogue. 
squadron. Well, it's because nobody really yeah, wanted that. Let's, let's be real. That's and then so like that's give us by a something. High Republic movie. That's not gonna happen. By Taika Waititi. Who yeah. who would who would play your uh, your Stellan Gios in live action? Your boy. I have to think about that. Because Andrew like Garfield. what? No, no, it would not be Andrew Garfield. I don't like. Andrew I know. Garfield. Look, I know that there's this like huge and Andrew Garfield like craze right now because he he was in that movie tick, about tick, the boom. Yeah, oh, I know. so good. Look, I I watch like it. look. Watch I like Andrew Garfield as an actor. Don't like this isn't about him. Best Spider Man. You say best Spider-Man? Let's not. We're not going there. Whoa, not, dude. Not whoa. When we start our uh, Spider-Man podcast, we'll talk about all right. that. Yeah, we're not. We're not doing that. That's that's not true at all. But just really bad there. Uh, who would who would who would play Stellan? So how old is Stellan? Like it's so funny because like I feel like Ewan McGregor would play a good Stellan. <laughs> He's like that kind of character, but like. Who who right how, now like so who's, how how old is he in the books? He's in his forties. He, he's yeah. He's kinda. probably in his late thirties, early forties. Oh, oh. Who who would it be? Who's a good? I, I'd have to think on that. Joseph I'd have to, Gordon Lovett. Stop! No 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 no. I'd Will have to Smith. go. I'd have to go. Did you say Will Smith? Why not? I mean, why not, honestly? But it would be a complete, complete different vibe. Completely different it vibe. It would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. That would be a fun episode. Us picking the cast of a High Republic. Oh, that would be really fun. Ooh, movie. that would be cool. Yeah. Anyway. Sweet. Yeah. Now I'm thinking... All these crazy... Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. Oh, okay. No, okay, so I looked down and Jerrica had said, okay, I love Stellan, but hear me out. Live action Elzar would be Richard Madden. Who's that? Okay, I looked him up. Jerrica, 150%. 150%. That is, that is perfect. That is What's absolutely his name? perfect. Richard Madden. 150%. I like I'm I'm on board for that, 150. percent Yeah, that that's that's a good one. Ah oh, man, maybe I really like Elzar as a I character too. What'd you say, Jeremiah? I was like, I said I could see that maybe. Oh, okay. I looked at pictures of this Richard guy. <laughs> she says he's in Eternals, and I'm like, wait, no, that's Elzar. All right. Uh, so let's move on to our final voicemail from Michael. You guys ready? Yes. Wow. I was hold, hold please hold your excitement, everyone. He is uh, in Turtles. You're right. In Turtles. In internals. In Turtles. Hey. Okay. Come on. I like Turtles. I was referencing. It doesn't matter. Here's Michael's voicemail. Hello there. This is Michael from the Discord. Uh, I got one quick question for you guys. If you could pick one force ability to have in real life, what would you choose? Um, thank you guys for everything you do. May the force be with you. And may the force be with you, Michael. Thank you so much for that. Uh, telekinesis. I think we've done this before. Yeah, I know. I, well, I think what we did is <clears throat> what 
would we give the other person? In yeah, the yeah, yeah. Oh. We did the other person, but never for yeah. ourselves. It, I, oh, yeah, because I gave Jeremiah force running, so he doesn't have to take the bus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I one hundred percent so mad would, would do telekinesis. <laughs> I just want to be able to sit on the couch, talk to your wife, and not have to get up. It's that like, sounds... oh, the remote's across the room. <laughs> Skirt. Grab it with the force. Or like someone's parked too close to me, just skirt, just push it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, just pick it up and just, <laughs> just throw flip it. it. <laughs> yeah, it would be telekinesis for me. Because like I want to yeah. be like, yeah, force lightning, but I would never use that practically unless I was a villain. Unless you're camping and you're like, I want to charge my phone. Zip. All right, there you go. Zip. <laughs> he said zip. Okay, <laughs> someone needs to go make an edit of all of the Force Lightning scenes in Star Wars where it's just Drew going zip <laughs> as the sound. Um, yeah, I think I would do that too. I like telekinesis. I, I just don't think it would be practical like enough like for me. Wait, what? what? You can like, literally make the ham cut itself. Yeah, you could just be sitting there. Sit there. So I'm just going to stand there and do nothing and just no, watch you would, the, the slicer you would, go? Like, you'd be able to um, sit and look at Instagram on your flip phone and then no. just <laughs> cut ham. That's true. You don't have a phone to distract you. You could take books. You could start reading Star Wars books. You could work more. But I can hold so it in can... my hand and like just flip the page. Like, Why do I need to like just unflip it? Like... <laughs> I don't know. I'm I, just, I still think I'm it's practical. Like, Jeremiah. I, I think I would need something that would help me, like, actually, like, be better. Like, like telekinesis, you're not, like, improving yourself. You're just being lazy. Depends. So, but I don't know about that. So, if there's a you just said sit on your couch all day and say, oh, there's a remote. I, okay. How, that, that's more lazy than example. anything. That wouldn't be the if, only if, application. Yeah, what if there's a crash and you save someone from a crash? Right, there's so much you can do with telekinesis. Yes. I don't know. I'm thinking like... Like my wife, people, is, my wife is short. Minds. Okay, listen. My wife is... Okay, that's dangerous. But my wife is short and she has to use stools to get up to the very top of the cabinets. I can just, I just lift her up. Or, or you could just grab, grab it yourself yeah, from the right. shelf, like yeah. <laughs> or like for me, I could rock my baby Ooh, without actually getting out of bed. Oh, or yeah, change the diaper from a distance. You don't have to smell. Ooh, that, I guess that makes distance. sense. But yes, I, I'm so, still gonna go with reading minds. That's scary. Yeah, that's... you can't. No one, but you can't read minds with the force, anyways. Yeah, you can. You just no. It's reading intentions and emotions. There's a diff- We've actually had this conversation before. You and I, True. literally, Jeremiah, you and I have had this conversation before. It, for sure, at least one, one other time. But you can't actually read minds. I don't, but that's not what we see in the movies and stuff. Like, no, they know he, exactly what they're saying. No, not what they're saying. He's, or th- he's, I mean, thinking, sorry. Yeah, they're, he knows what their intentions are. He can, like, for example, Snoke can sense Kylo's intentions and Wait. what? Huh? No, I, I was just thinking out because he couldn't, he couldn't like see that he was going to get stabbed. He didn't read that part of his mind when he was planning on doing that. Yeah. But there's like, you see stuff like your thoughts betray you and like you're, you're, what was Keandi, Keandi Moody? He's like, 
No, because it's a good reminder. Your, 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 your thoughts are on your mother. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like it's reading not, explicitly reading thoughts though. It's like just they like, get they could feel their thoughts. Like it's not like the same. Yeah, thing. you're not reading the, the thoughts. It's the, like end result the is thought. the same though. Yeah, but if you're if you're I talented mean, enough, you it just depends hide on it. what you want to use it. Like like you're gonna Wait, be able okay, to walk what would you use it for? And see, oh, this girl does like to, me. To, to know people's to... intentions. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so but I how, guess how would that how would that make you? I don't know. I think I think if I could understand people's thoughts better, like I could understand their points. Because sometimes people are terrible communicators because they don't know how to say things, but like that's they just can't go from their mind to their mouth. Dude, all I'm saying is that's what you want to use it for, but then you'd start feeling things and you'd realize how messed up the world is. And it would probably just just get but then I could help people better because I could understand their deepest thoughts and (laughs) daddy helps. It's like a vibe, bro. Yeah, they're just they're just feeling the vibes, man. Yeah. Through the force, force vibes. You know, I'm I'm sticking with that. Okay, so we got two telekinesis votes and a and a force vibe vote. Or, or I'm gonna change mine. Force healing. Oh, Ooh, see now, that, sure. now that, that's my answer. Force healing. Now you're, you're actually doing something good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now now the Empire Radio podcast has transitioned from being lazy and rocking your baby. To actually impacting the world yep. in a positive way, <laughs> so that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Well, this was a good oppor- This is a really good opportunity to make an announcement. So, uh, in t- two weeks, less than two weeks, w- less than two weeks, but two episodes from now. So we have next week, and the one after next week. So. Uh, it's going to be, the schedule is going to be different, but we're going to talk about that in a second. But we are doing a special episode called the 12 voicemails of Christmas. Now that was, that was a chat. That was Jericho, Jer- wasn't it? Jericho said that. Yeah. yeah. So Jerica said that in the chat a few episodes ago and I loved it. And I was like, we need to do the 12 voicemails of Christmas. So all year, listen, all year we have been asking, well, challenging i should say leaving it open leaving the option on the table however you want to phrase it for people to send in 12 voicemails and if that happens we we have offered every time to scrap what we're doing and we're just going to dedicate the whole thing to voicemails so for you had like three really good examples of voicemails that spawned whole mini conversations those were your examples of great voicemail questions and conversation topics doesn't have to be about star wars but here's preferably not star wars actually preferably not yeah i mean you can think of it kind of as an ask us anything but it's a little bit less formal than that so here's what we're doing our goal we're not planning anything for that night okay except for voicemail conversations so if you enjoy hear us talking about stuff like who the best Spider-Man is and like going off the wall and just having natural conversations rather than like a presentation or something more structured. If this is, if, if you really enjoy that content, send your voicemails in. You've had some good examples uh, during this episode. We are looking for at least 12 because if we don't, it's going to be a really short episode. If we have more than 12 just because it's called the 12 voicemails of Christmas, if we have more than 12, great. That's great. But we are looking for at least 12 voicemails uh, for that episode. So 
things are getting really, really busy for the holidays. So the schedule is for that episode is going to be a little diff- be a, a little different. Uh, it's not going to be on a Tuesday. So it's either going to be like the live stream, at least the recording of it. It'll still go live. The the audio and the video will still go live on that Tuesday uh, before Christmas. But the live stream for that will either be Sunday afternoon, the 19th or potentially the following day on the 20th, Monday night. We haven't, we got to get some scheduling things down and solidify when we're having the live stream. Uh, but just know that the posting date for the audio version and the video version will be on the 21st, the yes, 21st. Tuesday the 21st. Tuesday the 21st as per usual. Uh, but please, please, please send in your voicemails if you haven't already. If you have, send in more. Uh, we would prefer to have some variety so that we don't have the same person asking all of the yeah. questions. But think of but, questions, think of things you want to know from us, or think of things that you think would get us stirred up into a conversation. Yeah. It's literally going to be a pre-Christmas moment just to have fun and yeah. just chill. And with, so, with just so we be clear, can they start sending those in now, or do they have to wait until yes. after no, Tuesday? No, no, no. You can. Tuesday. You can. Okay. But here's the thing. Um, Started out with this is four to 12 days yeah. of Christmas. And it just because I know you've got a minute, you're limited to a minute. I know that, you know, you can't put a whole like paragraph as to why you're sending it in. Just be like, Hey, this is for the 12 days, the 12 voicemails of Christmas and then go. Yeah. Uh, because when I'm fielding voicemails for the episodes and I'm downloading them and prepping them, uh, like for, for example, next week, it will help me say, Oh no, I'm just going to put that aside and we're going to wait. Uh, so yeah. you can start sending them in right now. Um, but again, the goal, our Chris, if you want to give us a Christmas present, yeah, 12 voicemails, if, if not what? 24. Ooh. Just keep in mind that I can only hold like, I don't know how many in the actual soundboards. I'm going to have to do some <laughs> shuffling every once in a while. But you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, we're doing it. The 12 voicemails of Christmas. So again, uh, that is going to be for the episode that will either be recorded on the afternoon of the 19th, Sunday the 19th. Or the evening of the 20th, still going to go live on the 21st as usual. Uh, but if you want to be a part of that episode and be there live for the conversation, I, I guarantee you it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll announce the exact date either on our Instagram um, stories or even a post, and then we'll make sure we do it in our Discord. So you want to make sure you're either of those yeah. places. To and we, the exact we live day if you want to live. And we'll solidify it before the recording for next week, too. So True. in next week's episode, if you're listening to the episode, you'll hear the date in that as well. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so really quickly, if you do want to connect with us on social media, if you haven't already, or you want to monitor the news for that, uh, head over to links with two I's, L-I-I-N-K-S dot C-O forward slash Empire Radio. Uh, type that into your browser on your phone, whatever you want to do uh, on your computer, on your tablet, on your Kindle, on your Nintendo DS with limited internet capabilities from back in the day. Whatever you want to search <laughs> surf the web on, just go type that in. Or that link is in our Instagram bio, the About Us section, and our Twitch page, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Empire Radio. Um, and also is below the description of every single one of the audio uh, versions of the episodes. So click that. It'll take you to a landing page. There's a link to leave a voicemail. There's a link to join the Discord. All of our social media, everything's there. So go check that out if you want to connect with us. Uh, and Daddy Pops, you're the man. 
He just put it in the, in, in the Twitch chat too. So if you're you're watching us live right now, click on that. There you go. All right. And don't forget to check out needlesslynerdynetwork.com yes. for more nerdy content. Yep. Yes. Yep. We're part of that network. It's great. They're great people. And there's a lot of nerdy nerdy stuff happening. So if you like nerdy things, just go be needlessly nerdy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else, boys? Nope, that's it. No. Awesome. Well, you have been listening to another fantastic episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Drew. And may the force be with you. Always. The Needlessly Nerdy Podcast Network, your source for all things nerdy. www.needlesslynerdy.com